Welcome everybody to the Let's Wrestle podcast with Dan and Nico. I'm Nico and my little partner. Well, not little. My big gun over here. My, you know my my ride and die because he'll suck my dick anytime I ask him to. Over here is Dan. <laughs> That's not all a hundred percent true, but I am here. That part is true. Um, At least and I just percent true. Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> no comment. I'm just here so I won't get fined. But I actually, <laughs> I actually just got done watching SummerSlam. Um, I didn't have time last night, but I got it done this morning mm. as we were recording. And Nico's actually gonna kick us off, man, uh, with the pay per view. Man, what an event, dude! Like SummerSlam, really living up to its name as one of the big four in WWE. Uh, it was so fun, so entertaining. Um, even even uh, a match that I completely forgot about um, ended up being very entertaining, uh, very uh, well, worth talking about. Uh, so let's go ahead and kick it off. The SummerSlam kicks off with, honestly, uh, you could almost call it a show stealer. Like, this was a great match. Um, and they always put on great matches. And uh, you say WWE doesn't have long-term storylines. This was a great ending to a storyline, a rivalry um, that should be talked about um, later on. It was the Raw, Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. And of course, um, Bianca does come out on top. And damn, bro, it was, it was a, crazy, uh, a crazy match. Uh, still a great match. I, I, don't, I don't think that it was their best match. I feel like the one at Mania might have been just a little bit better. Um, but, damn, what a fucking match. What did you think about the match? Just the match part. We'll talk about the rest of it. I think um, that the match was fucking... It was good. It was actually a, a great match, I'll say. But I don't think it was better than the WrestleMania one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I felt like in the WrestleMania match, the story was that... Like early on, Becky was um, frustrated trying to get a mm-hmm. pin early. You know, she was kind of doubting whether she could actually beat her without the, you know, this whatever happened at the beginning of that SummerSlam match, the the first one. Yeah. Um. So I really liked <clears throat> the the WrestleMania match, but this one was a great ending to, like you mentioned, the story uh, which has been going on for a year now. Yeah. Um, like a whole dude, last year. A whole year, yeah, and I mean, these two women are fucking stars, man. And and like, Bianca just keeps showing us how great she really is. Like, um, again, I probably brought this up before already, but when people tell you that what's NXT brought up that has been anything, just look at Bianca because she's a fucking star. Yeah, dude, and I mean, they gave her a big pop when they said that she was from Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Tennessee people fucking loved her, and I think that. Bianca and Becky, they work like so well because Bianca can like really show her strength. Um, you know, she can pick her up and manhandle her or whatever. But um, that spot though, with uh, when she like pulled her hair and then she did the uh, the manhandle on um, oh yeah, Bianca, that was fucking great. I thought the the only uh, I I love to give all the praises in the world, but I also like to talk about the little things that I don't like because everything's not perfect. <laughs> the only part that I probably did not like in the match was there is a portion when 
um, I, I can't remember what had been worked on Bianca, but I think it was her arm had already been worked. Yeah, I think Becky had just gotten her in the disarmor uh, for a bit. They rolled out outside. Um, she hits the, the KOD on the outside. Um, and Bianca's trying to pull her back into the ring. And then Bianca at one point just, well, she like, just, ah, oh, I can't do it. And just goes back into the ring. And I was like, well, I mean, if you really wanted to put her in the ring, couldn't you break the count, you know, go in and get out. So, right. I don't know. That part was a little bit silly to me, but that's over, over, overthinking maybe, um, on that portion. Um, I could make up a million reasons why she did that if I, if I really wanted to, but that think, was the only thing really for I, me. I, I think, uh, I didn't really point out anything really that was, that was bad or could have been better. But, um, I just think that even though Bianca's fucking great, I feel like Becky is, um, the architect, if you will, no point intended mm. of this match. Um, uh, just a great fucking storyteller. Probably, in my eyes, one of the best storytellers ever, especially in the women's division. I mean, yeah, it's hard to make an argument that anybody has done it better in the ring. But, um, yeah, man, just a great story. And uh, what happened uh, after this match, though? Um, oh, man, the long-awaited return of, of Bailey. So she comes out. You know, still, still kind of go, going after Bianca because let's not forget they were in some type of feud before she got injured, um, which was a dumb injury to be honest. Just being injured, trying to get back into shape, it sucks. It was, it was a sucky injury, and she's been gone for way too fucking long. But that was, that was a great surprise, awesome surprise. But then, fucking Dakota Kai comes out right after her, and not only that. Ido Shirai comes out right after that. It's like, shit. And then, honestly, it's like, okay, okay, things about to change right now. Because Dakota Kai, she was, if you don't remember, she, she was, was let go. And, yeah, she was let go. She was fired during the budget cuts. Quotation marks. Obviously, quotation marks if she's back. <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, that was, uh, Dakota Kai was surprising. And then I was like, okay, is she going to, like, take her under her wing, um, under Bailey's wing, but then, like, Io Shirai comes out, so now it's, like, this trio. Action. Yeah, so, yeah, the fact that they brought back Dakota Kai, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah. I was, I was thinking that when, when um, Becky came up to back up Bianca, when they all came down to the ring, um, so we got a Becky Lynch turn. She's turning face again, I, it seems. It kind of seemed like that. Anyways, at the end of the match, it kind of like she accepted that Bianca was better than her, and that that's just where it's at at this point. But I was like, oh, what if Oscar comes out to like, you know, even the odds a little more? I think uh, I didn't even thought of Oscar, but I think that'll be a good way to set up some kind of trios match. Um, Oscar, yep. uh, I want to see an Oscar Ido Shirai match, and I think we'll get it. Um, Honestly, that's all I thought about. When I saw Ido Shirai, I was like, oh my god, the fucking matches that we can have. I the What I took out of this uh, whole situation, the match and the aftermath, but um, was that is, this group could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting, I think, especially with Bailey because she's fucking great. And I thought she was going to come back as a baby face. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it only makes sense. She's so good as a heel, yeah. especially now 
things are interesting with the group and we also got to see probably the ending for now to one of the best women's rivalry of this generation i think um, um since since bailey and sasha in nxt for sure um yeah i mean and there's been some other good ones like flair and, and becky um oh, that but, yeah. was weird too. but that one was kind of muddied because of the whole ronda thing i think i feel true true uh but that's a another topic in itself uh maybe we can come back to that at some point do a little segment or whatever but um yeah man uh great fucking way to start off the show i thought fuck yeah dude it was awesome very very cool got you excited to see what else was coming in um the next match in the card something that i did not want to like mainly because it was logan paul versus the miz and i just didn't want to like it because it was logan paul not gonna lie i don't like the dude fuck him but he fucking showed up and he, he he had a great match. Well, I want to say great. It was good. No, it was, it was fucking awesome. I, I enjoyed it. I'm I'm just I'm just hyped about it. In terms of stars, I'd give it like half, like a three. Like it was an average great match for someone who's you know new. But the highlight of the match was the fucking frog splash to the outside. That was a beautiful frog splash. Um, Logan came out on top, which was very surprising to me. Uh, just because of how how new he is, you know, let you know how how great of a guy the Miz really is, to be honest. Um, but all in all, I, it was a very entertaining match. And um, like I said, that frog splash—that's gonna be something they're gonna put on highlight reels in the future for damn sure. Yeah, man. Um, I was excited to see uh Logan Paul just work again, and this time in an actual singles match. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought the Miz. If anybody was gonna help Logan Paul get some some pops, you know, get the fans behind him, it's the fucking Miz. Um, yeah. You know, he came out with. Um, I like how he came out with that Polaroid of him. <laughs> um, you know, like you know how fucking Logan did the Pokemon card thing at yeah. uh, WrestleMania. So I thought that was uh, cool or whatever. But I felt like the match didn't need the whole thing with AJ coming out. Um, I just feel like it didn't need it. If anything, I would have wanted to see AJ and Champa have a match at this show. Give them fucking 10, 15 minutes, man, and they'll put on something, you know, not bad. But, uh, that's just my opinion because I'm a Champa fan. But, um, <laughs> dude, that fucking frog splash was fucking crazy, bro. Holy shit, chances fucking break out, and the crowd is behind Logan after that shit. Like, Hell yeah, dude. It's like so much respect for for Logan um, in that regard. I even posted something on Twitter for that because it was fuck, dude. It looked amazing. Honestly, it looked better than most of Dominic's fucking frog splashes. It fucking did, dude. Now that you say that, and it's it's not that the people question Logan Paul's like talent. It was just why is he being portrayed as a babyface when people all the buzz, yeah all the buzz he's created is because he's done shit that people just don't like to see um or annoy him he's a he's yeah a, he's a real feel yeah that, um that's how he made his name to be honest people hating him that's how he got his buzz 
we'll see if it continues, if, if momentum continues for him. But um, if not, I mean, this is just a hot crowd uh, overall, I thought. So, like, literally hot too because they're in Nashville, all that humidity. Yeah, so just <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. That's what I was saying a little off air, like, this was this was just an enjoyable, fun event because just it was nice watching it. You didn't really get too pissed off at anything that they did, I didn't think. And the next match, um, to go on was for the United States Championship. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Theory. Bobby Lashley had a kind of a cool entrance. Uh, they kind of messed up on the timing in terms of when the fireworks were supposed to go off. Yeah. But still pretty dope, you know? And uh, this, it was what it was. It was a it was a fairly quick match. Um, I don't think he was on for too long. And uh, it ended up going into the hurt lock with Bobby. Um, I honestly had figured that it went into the hurt lock for Bobby and it finished so quickly because Austin Theory was going to come out in the main event, which we'll talk about later. But that's how I interpreted it when I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, quick match, whatever. It was what it was. Decent match. Um, nothing too seriously upsetting about it, to be honest. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a, a long match. Um, the firework entrance was cool. That was a, a, a nice sight to see. Um of course, Theory tried to make an early exit in the match, but Bobby didn't let him. And then at the end, he ends up catching him in that hurt lock. Taps him out. Looks like a fucking beast as he did it, which he should be portrayed that way because he is. Yep. And the, the people love Bobby, man. How could you not? I was not yep. mad about Theory tapping out here uh, because it's fucking Bobby Lashley. Oh, that and also in my how I was thinking about the match um, is it theory just tapped out real quick because why is he going to risk hurting himself if he wants to go and win the titles at the end of the night so that's why I thought he tapped out so quickly because as soon as the hurt log was put on he tapped out they should have probably pointed that out honestly that's a good um, way to for the heel to have like an out of why he fucking lost yeah like oh you know I could have broken it but i knew i had to save myself for the main event mm-hmm. that, so is, yeah you know maybe they weren't thinking about thinking about that maybe it's just me thinking about that but i feel like it helps in the long run because spending disbelief you make up excuses which is what a heel should do he'll make up that excuse don't worry buddy he's a good well, he, he should <laughs> he, he should bring that up um you know uh, on raw or whatever the fuck so We'll see what happens because, I mean, we, we still have to get to the main event, which is, oh, my God. We'll get that. Um, yeah, but like I said, decent match. Did what it needed to do. The next match after this um, was the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios in a notice qualification match. And the only the big gripe I have with this <laughs> match is that it's no disqualification, but everyone's still tagging. Just make it a Texas Tornado match. Like, who fucking cares? Like, you can't get disqualified for being in the ring too long. You know, like I, I don't, I don't get no disqualification tag matches. They're stupid as fuck. Um, I, I dude, at this point, like when Judgment Day was coming out, I was like, I don't even know what match this is. Like, I don't even remember hearing about a match they were gonna have at SummerSlam. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen this match multiple times, anyways. Um, we've seen the tag match. They've had tag matches. They've had uh, singles matches. I guess they just added the no disqualification because. It changes it a little bit, but it really didn't. Um, no one did anything up until the very last few seconds, minutes of the match. 
um, to show that it's no disqualification. I was just bringing it in one chair. Um, but what saved this match in terms of boredom? Because um, honestly, it was just a it was just another Monday Night Raw match. Yep. There was nothing special about it. But then the vignettes that we've been seeing that um, uh, people have been speculating who it was. And uh, I had heard it was Edge from the very beginning. But it was still a great surprise. And I don't know if you heard it, but in the intro music, it was a little bit of the, the brood intro music. Yeah. So, like, he came back. It's Edge. It looked cool. All the fire and shit. Him doing this scream that he always fucking does before he does anything now. Goes to the ring, attacks. He looks cool. I like what he was wearing, honestly. Honestly, what he was wearing is something I put on a creative character. Because I'm stupid and I like red and black. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, it was it was um it was fun to see that. It was dope. It was cool. That saved the match for me in terms of boredom. The match itself, eh, below average, but the finish was fun, great, so it made it a an average match for me. So what do you think about Edge's return though? Uh I thought it was good. Um it wasn't the best thing in the world, I thought, but it's because, look, the match, we're seeing it for the 100th time. Uh, I, re- I didn't really want to see this match. I was more invested in the potential afterbirth, which is what um, we were speculating with uh, all these fucking videos that have been showing on Raw. But mm-hmm. uh, Edge coming out, I knew it was going to be something dark, you know, some kind of, you know, that other persona he has. Um, I wasn't expecting the old edge to be back. Uh, I thought the spears looked fucking great uh, when oh, you yeah. fucking speared the shit out of both of them. Uh, the crowd was going crazy, so that's what kind of saved, like you said, this fucking whole situation. Um, sets up right for the 619, and they win it, and yet we have another kind of look for edge as well. Um, I'm not a big fan of you know, like when they overduce the stuff, but uh, I know Edge will make the best out of it because he's just great. Um, we'll see what they do from here, man. I mean, um, I don't know. I just feel like we're gonna see a lot more tag matches with the Mysterios and the Judgment Day. Um, yeah, but with Edge, so, but with Edge now, and um, maybe the Judgment Day will get another member. Who knows? Um, We'll see. Uh, I'm not excited too much, but anything Edge does, I'm always down to watch. Hell yeah. So that match happened. Uh, The next one, man, if you had told me like 10, 15 years ago, fuck when I was a kid, that I was going to be excited for celebrity matches uh, in wrestling in general, I would have said you're fucking crazy. But we had two of those this night. Yes, Logan Paul signed to a contract now, so technically he's a WWE superstar, but let's not forget he was a fucking celebrity before this. And let's not forget that Pat McAfee was also in the NFL, technically a celebrity. You know, he transcended his NFL status after he left, you know? So the next match was Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Honestly, this match was great. It was fucking awesome. It, It was cool. Um, Pat McAfee is so good. 
it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's like some some spots that were a little messy, but Michael Cole said it best at the end of the match. It wasn't pretty, but it was effective. And everything he did meant something. Um, everything Corbin did meant something. It was all in all, I, I feel, a great match uh, for McAfee. Like I said, it was a little messy, so that's probably going to hinder some people's views on the match. Um, but man, Michael Cole... I I don't know. I don't know if you felt it or not, but I felt like Michael Cole seemed different tonight. Like he was more on his game than he ever was before. Uh, um, I thought he, that he was the main reason why this match was exciting to watch. No, he sold the shit out of it. And yeah, even, he did. Like when um, Pat McAfee got on the table and then Corbin's talking about his parents and then Michael Cole's like, like mouthing off at Corbin and shit. And then for like a split second, you heard Michael Cole chants. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? What WWE are we watching? When do people do Michael Cole chants? <laughs> um, so, I mean, Pat McAfee comes out with the win. Awesome. It's great. I mean, happy Corbin doesn't need a win, to be honest. No one likes him. Um, not saying that he's bad. I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say that, but not a lot of people like him. So, of course, people wanted to see the comeuppance, which they got. Um, I thought it was a great and entertaining match. I liked it a lot. But even at one point, um, when I was talking about Michael Cole, uh, even at one point, Corey Graves uh, even told Michael Cole, he was like, I liked you better when you didn't have an opinion. And then Michael Cole was like, well, that's changed now. Like, things have changed now. And so I was like, oh, dang. Like, I didn't think about that. He doesn't have Vince in his ear the whole fucking night. Oh, shit, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, dude. After that, after I heard that, after this match, I was I was listening to Michael Cole, and I was like, I, I just feel like he was calling the match in a different way than he normally does. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's a placebo, placebo effect, wanting there to be change in WWE, so I'm finding something to, to, to make me think that there's change, but I don't know. That was just my take. What did, um, so how did you feel about this match? It was... Um... Like, the story was there, definitely. You know, they used to be roommates. Uh, Michael Cole, as we said, sold the shit out of it. So you were invested in the match. Um, and that's crazy to say because Corbin's in this match. Um, and even though he's great at getting heat, his matches and his storylines haven't really been um, the most exciting thing on the show, uh, usually. But um, what an entrance, though, for Pat McAfee with the choir. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowd was going fucking crazy for him. Um, I did enjoy that segment or that part where he like Corbin was screaming, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, Michael Cole was all mad at fucking Corbin Mm -hmm. because he pushed him or whatever. He's like, what the hell's wrong with you or whatever. Um, and then Corbin, I cracked up at this. He was screaming at the fans saying that the Titans were never going to, to the Super Bowl. I cracked up at that. Um, and then I... Love the fucking swanton that Pat did to the outside. Oh, he saved uh, the um, shit out of that one. He almost dude, fucked it up. He, I was like, no, he's gonna fucking botch the shit out of this. Um, and then of course the Panama sunrise that he did at the end wasn't the prettiest thing I thought, but it was effective. Like my close. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, man, it was uh, entertaining. I, you know, no complaints really. And see, and this is what I this is what I meant earlier. Uh, we had spoken before uh, we got on air 
uh, about the event being fun. Like, yes, not every single match is a five-star match, six-star match, whatever the fuck you want to call it, but you were entertained while you were watching the match. Like, this match, in terms of wrestling, you probably give it, like, a 2.5, a 2. It wasn't a clinic. It wasn't crazy. But the entertainment factor, the story factor, everything else around it bumps it up to maybe, like, a 3. Not anything too crazy still. But it was entertaining and fun. You can't, can't complain about having a good time. The, the the tag match was probably at so at so at this point where we're at the fucking Mysterio match was probably like the least exciting match, but the ending made up for it. Um, yeah, I felt I, I would say the Bobby Lashley one because was, the Bobby Lashley one didn't really have anything. The Bobby Lashley match was literally like, nah, no, I'm lying. Because you had you had, in your in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Oh, well, Theory's going to go to the main event," so it still got you somewhere. And Bobby so, has momentum that he's continuing to to push yeah. there, so that was good. Me. Yeah, the Judgment Day and Mysterio match for sure. Uh, the the ending did definitely save it. Now, at this point of the night, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I forgot the whole card. I didn't know who else was wrestling, so I had to pause the, right before this match, and I was like, "You know what? Gotta get out. Gotta get a little high." I get a little high. Like, I can't pull, pull it off too much. Gotta go there and come back real quick. Okay, just rub back. The, uh, okay. <laughs> just want to have a little bit more fun. <laughs> so I paused it, and then I did that. And then I didn't realize that uh, uh, after this match, there would be the women's championship match. should have done it there. But <laughs> regardless, I did it where I did it. Wait, no. The, 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 the Drew match was... Or the Drew coming out was next. Oh, yeah, Drew coming up, but I, I saw that. I actually, like, I watched it a little bit, so it wasn't too big a deal. I mean, it was just Drew hyping up the Clash of the King Castle, so I didn't I really care. I thought it was a great um, promo. He got a great reaction. Um, and, yeah, it, it did what it needed as far as, like, hyping up that match, which we'll talk about um, once we get to the main event. But uh, I just want to point out there was... <laughs> A sign that I saw in another match uh, that cracked me up that said, never drew a dime, but drew was like, you know, the word, point intended, like, yeah. they're talking about Drew McIntyre. <laughs> um, were they talking about Drew? Did you see that sign? Um, that's what I felt I, like it was. I didn't see the sign. Um, when I had watched that portion of it, I think I had honestly, like, left a little bit. I was like, oh, I just need to go pee or something. I, I think I took a, like a piss break after that match. Um, but um, I don't know. Never true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. But yeah. It's what was next? <laughs> All right. The next match was the was for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. The Usos versus the Street Profits with special guest referee Jeff Jarrett. Now, I didn't know how I felt about Jeff Jarrett being in this match. But then as soon as the bell rang and the first, you know, two minutes of the match where um, I think it was Jimmy who was in the ring. Jimmy got Dawkins into the corner, started throwing some punches. And as soon as uh, Jeff Jarrett was counting, kind of one, two, three, four, he was in close to five. He pulled, he grabs Jimmy, throws him off of him. And he's like, no, nah, when I call five, you cut it. When I get to four, like you cut it. You only got five. Like, don't be a dick. And then, um, so that happens, and Dawkins grabs Jimmy, throws him in the corner, starts punching him, starts going after him, and then he grabs Dawkins, throws him off, tells him the same shit. 
So right off the bat, well, you know that Jeff Jarrett's going to do, he's going to call that bitch down the middle. He's not on anyone's side. He's on the Uso side. He's not on the Street Profit side. He's about being the referee, which I enjoyed. I don't know. That made it seem like, okay, well, these guys really got to think to put on this match to not cheat, which was, for the most part, I felt like they accomplished that. Like, if the Usos did cheat, it was um, behind the back of um, of Jarrett, so it wasn't too crazy. Um, the, I felt like, maybe you can tell me how you felt about it, but I felt like the ending was kind of stale in this match. Mm. What do you think? Well, this match was the one that I was really looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, at this point in the show... We've seen some 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 good stuff. Um, so, but now it's time for the tag match, and I really thought that this was gonna be better. Uh, but it wasn't a terrible match. It wasn't a bad match. Um, it just wasn't as better, you know, than the fucking Money in the Bank match they had. Um, I didn't think that they needed the Jeff Jarrett uh, factor in this match, Mm-mm. but it, I don't think it ruined it. Um, I guess I just really thought that this was going to be their night, uh, for the Street Profits, but they did show some signs of Montez, like, getting frustrated with Jeff, um, like, him kind of, like, acting in a heelish way, so, what I took from this match, um, was, of course, we saw him hurt his ribs on that frog splash, and then he couldn't cover, uh, fast enough, so Mm -hmm. Uso kicked out, and then he got thrown into the barricade on the outside, and then they finished Dawkins with the 1D, but I really think that Montez is going to be the one to turn heel. I think he's going to turn heel on on Dawkins, because you could just tell from his facials after the match that he couldn't accept that they had lost, and I think that the story is there. We'll see what what happens, of course, or when they decide to pull the trigger on Montez Ford. But mm-hmm. um, I guess he's gonna do a thing where maybe Dawkins is bringing him down. He wants to win so bad, and he felt like this was gonna be their night, which I I thought this was gonna be their night. Um, so I, honestly, that story that's brewing there, from what I saw, was what I enjoyed about this match, but. I just was, like it was gonna be better. I don't know. I think what happened was that yeah, the storyline for the future. I don't. I don't know about it. If you're enjoying it, that's great. But I think them pushing that story in the match is what brought the match down because the match was great up until the point when Montez Ford started yelling at Jeff Jarrett, getting all pissed off at him. I felt like right there, that's when the match kind of switched a little bit for me, and. That's why I feel like the ending was kind of like, eh. Like, it could have been a better ending. They had so many great false finishes in the match. So many times when they could have been over, but it kept going. Like, there was, it was a great match up until that point. I felt like if they just finished it normal, like, they didn't have that little whatever, that little spat, it would have been fine. But that part, I, I guess the story took over the match at that point. And I might have set my expectations too high for this match. Yeah, well, maybe, but and all, all in all, it still was a decent match. Um, like I said, the ending was the only thing that kind of got me out of it. 
Um, but, you know, it's still not a bad match. And I actually, um, um, I kind of checked out a little bit because Michael Cole even said when Jeff Jarrett was coming out, he was like, uh, he has a pretty hectic weekend coming up, but this is the start of it. And I was like, oh, a little bit of tidbit talking about the Ric Flair's last match that's going to happen tonight. <laughs> so, uh, that should be interesting. Um, definitely going to watch that. I just don't know how or when. <laughs> I think we can. Um... I think we'll, we'll we'll talk about that also uh, on next week's episode. Uh, see how that debacle waiting to happen. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm actually pretty hyped about it. You know, what's got me hyped about it though. You know why I'm getting hyped about it though? It's because the fucking podcast, the the Jeff Jarrett My World podcast, they're uh-huh. selling the shit out of it, bro. Like I was saying on Friday, um, last week's episode on their podcast, him and Conrad were like. We're going at each other's at each other's throats of, because of Jeff Jarrett um, jumping Ric Flair um, from the video. I don't know if you watched Ric Flair's last match documentary that they're doing, but in the second episode, it showed how Jay Lethal jumped Ric Flair, and then Jeff Jarrett jumped him as well. Um, and then on the podcast, it was back in, like they were going throat like at each other's throats. Jeff Jarrett just being a like fucking dirty ass heel, and then this week's episode, it was Jeff Jarrett his wife and his dad on the, on the podcast with the, a sit-in for Conrad and again at each other's throats just it was almost uncomfortable listening to and that's what actually hyped is hyped me up for the Rick Flair match so, I'm I sh- that sounds like they've been um doing some interesting things to build up this match um we'll see it's what an, happens it's an interesting way it's 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 almost um, you can almost draw parallels to how um, Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona um, got himself over in WWE by just doing stuff on the internet, you know? Stuff that mm-hmm. doesn't include actually fighting, just promos, basically. So, very interesting. Um, super cool. Actually, kind of excited for a lot of that card, but we'll talk about that another time. The next little segment that happened in this um, SummerSlam was Riddle actually uh, showed up. Um, he jumped the barricade, basically, jumped into the ring, and he said he doesn't care that he wasn't medically cleared. He wants to complete to compete. Seth Rollins comes out, runs to the ring, a little bit of a brawl comes out, hits Riddle um, with, uh, with a curb stomp. I feel like they did this just to give... Because I feel like the injury definitely was an accident. It wasn't meant to happen. They were supposed to have a match here at SummerSlam. And that's probably why the Rey Mysterio thing was added. That could have been... Because you're right. I don't think they even said that the Mysterio match was going to happen. They just like... I knew something was going to happen with Edge. But I thought... I didn't know there was going to be a match. Like I just don't remember unless I skipped through that or, or whatever. But yeah... Um, I thought you were gonna say that the next segment was Kid Rock absolutely devouring that chick in the crowd right before Riddle came out. Um, oh shit, thought, that's where it happened. I didn't see that. Like <laughs> Corey said, that he's a brave man um, on commentary, but that, that, that's a chick from TikTok. I think her name's Tammy. For like, no, 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 no. That's just some random chick from like she does TikTok videos. Um, she's supposed to be like a, like, like her, her gimmick is like, uh, like a country hick, just like some country hick. 
and she does some TikToks with this dude called Officer Daniels. And he was talking about it the whole like last night, and I didn't understand where that came from. I was like, when when did Chris Rock make out with her? Like, I know I I know who she is. Um, I didn't know that it happened at SummerSlam though. I I missed that part because I think I, I was distracted. I went somewhere else for like, oh, you know what I did? I'm I'm lying because I had paused it for the tag team match. I was fast forwarding, so when I fast forwarded, I got to the riddle like riddle already in the ring. So oh, I completely missed Chris Rock making out with that chick. But that's who she is. She's a, she's a TikToker. Well, you were fortunate enough to miss that. Um, that's <laughs> and I even saw her in the Roman match, like fucking screaming at one of them. Um, you know, getting on to the show. But Chris, oh, <laughs> dude, I don't know if you um, saw him. I think they moved him after that first. But um, in the first match, um, when Bianca won. You could actually see Dwight Howard in the in the crowd. Really, it wasn't fucking hard to see him. He's all like fucking five feet taller than everybody there. But like by the end of the night, he was moved to just to the like. If you're looking at Michael Cole and Corey Graves, he was probably a little bit to the right of Michael Cole at that point because he was. I saw him perfectly in the Bianca match, and I didn't see him the rest of the night. Well, I didn't. uh, I don't remember seeing him at all, to be honest. Um, But. Yeah, man, um, this fucking little segment that they did with Rollins, um, it was weird. He just caught him out, then he fucking, Rollins drops him with a curb stump just like that. Um, I don't know, I think I read it somewhere, but I had this idea that, and I was almost like, I convinced myself that it was going to happen, that there was going to be a replacement, and that Triple H was going to bring him out for Rollins, and I was like... I read it somewhere, and I was convinced that that was what was going to happen. No, yeah, there were some um, some things talking about how uh, Rollins was going to have a match. It was going to be a replacement match, but no, they, they ended up doing this. But I think they did this to give Riddle an actual send-out, like, to be injured, because, like I said, I feel like the injury was an accident. Um, so to make it storyline, I guess, Bring him back out. He's not medically cleared. Really injure him, and then he's gonna be off TV for a little bit. Like I think now, just for a little bit though, because if it was that serious, he wouldn't have gotten physical. No, no, but just for a little bit, just so that they can actually like add some fire to the flame, you know, or add some gasoline to the flame, whatever the fuck the saying is. But yeah, that's what I think it was um, mainly. But um, yeah, the segment was what it was. Pretty, it was, it was okay. Um, like I said, I was in and out of it at that point. I didn't even care. Um, but the next match, I was like, oh, fuck, why didn't I smoke during this match? I, I wouldn't have to pause it. I would have been live the whole damn time. <laughs> it was uh, the SmackDown win- Women's Championship match, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Um, interesting match. The ending saved it for me. Because didn't I, did I not say that something like this was going to happen? Like in terms of the ending? I think you might have um, Ronda fucking heel. And that's what she needs to be. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. Because, yeah, like what happened during the match it was whatever. Liv Morgan got into the got into an armbar, um, really injured. They call the medic, whatever. They're like, oh, you okay? You okay? And she's like, nah, I'm going to keep fucking going. I'm going to go. It don't matter. I'm a fighting champion. And then Ronda Rousey grabs her again, puts her in the ar- armbar. She's there. She's getting she's she's getting her arm broken, and she picks up Ronda, 
one, two, three on the mat. And I thought it was it was a clean finish. I was like, dummy, you didn't kick out. What are they doing with Ronda Rousey right now? They're making her look stupid. Which she doesn't need help with, but still, they made her look even more stupid. I didn't um, see Liv tap. Um... I, I didn't either until they did the replay. Like, I didn't see her tap at all. And then they did the replay. She didn't tap out with her hand that was being grabbed. She tapped out with the other hand at the top. And so they're saying, well, the referee didn't see that. He wasn't looking up. He was looking at her arm. He was looking down at Ronda being fucking pinned. She got pinned one, two, three. What I like that they did with the referee, I dig it, but I don't like the inconsistency because this, a lot of times um, when a ref messes up like that, they'll reverse the decision, they'll change it back, they'll do all this stupid bullshit, but they should treat it like, they should always treat it like they treated it right now. Well, the referee made a mistake, tough titties, that's the call he made, that's what it's going to come down to. It's just like any other sport, you know, when there's bad calls done in the NFL, you know. There's not much you can do. You know, the Cowboys didn't make that catch, buddy. Sorry. That's what it was called. I'm not saying that they didn't really make the catch. I'm saying that was a shitty call, and it stuck, and that was the end of it. Couldn't go back. No replays. Sorry. Oh, my. Let's not go there. But, um, I don't you know. Little, little touchy subject, right? Maybe Romo shouldn't have, you know, done that punt. Well. <laughs> That you're you're going into territories that you're unfamiliar in, sir. Let's back up. Let's back up. But, uh, dude, going into this match, I'm like, I don't know if Liv is gonna beat Ronda. Um, and I thought maybe they do like a quick finish, piss off people, have Liv, you know, fucking tap out pretty quickly. But no, I mean, Ronda was working like a heel. Um, and you know, it finally happened. She attacked her after the match and the ref. Uh, she attacked the ref as well. Um, until finally some more people went out there. But Davari, Davari, that was Davari. Okay, that was Davari uh, and um, what's his face? I, I forget his name. I was like, who the fuck is this? But uh, yeah, man, uh, Rhonda's exactly where um, you know, she needs to be. And that's a heel. I don't know if you know Becky going face or Bailey coming back, and she's going to be a heel. If any of that goes into play as to why they wanted to turn her heel, but you can't have Liv as a babyface be the champ, and then have Ronda as a babyface as well, and not be involved anymore in this in that title mm-hmm. picture. Because like, what else is she going to do? The fucking division is already slim as it is, especially on SmackDown. Uh, yeah. Unless, unless Ronda was just gonna go away for a while, which I wouldn't be uh, opposed to that idea, since she's been almost unwatchable at certain times um, since she came back at the Rumble. Um, but this is exactly where she needs to be, and if only, I don't think it's gonna happen. But if only. Paul Heyman was a mouthpiece for Ronda Rousey. That would be fucking gold. I mean, honestly, what she said on Friday was really funny. I think someone said, like, she sucked or something, something bad to her um, from the crowd. And she's like, you suck and your family failed you or, like, your parents failed you. And I was just like, what the fuck? And Pat McAfee was like, like a fan just got buried by (laughs) Ronda Rousey. Um, But, yeah, man. She's exactly where she needs to be. Um, we'll see where they go from here. Um, but, 
Yeah, man, she wants... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, honestly, it's another match that was saved by the finish. Because the match itself was like, well, whatever. No, I didn't really care for it. But then when I saw the finish, I was like, oh, shit. And I dug what Ronda did at the end. She's like, oh, you missed the tap? Well, well, here, look at this. And then she does the armbar again to Liv Morgan. Look, she's tapping. Like, she even said that. She's like, look, that's a tap. And then she gets the referee. See, see, that's what tapping is. That, that guy loved that. I don't know. I dug it a lot. I was invested in, like, how they were going to do Liv in this match. Um, how they were going to book this finish or, you know, what was going to go down. And then I love that Ronda's going to be a heel now. So hopefully we can get some of that old Ronda Rousey um, excitement that we've had in the past. Um, but yeah. Now I'm going to let you go off on this one a little bit because it's still so fresh in your mind. But the final match, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. The last one. The last man standing. And, uh, oh man, what a fucking match. What a crazy fucking match. Go ahead. Give me, give me your, your take on this match, buddy. Dude, this match, um, like I said earlier, I just got done watching this event. So yes, this is still fresh in my mind and I'm still like, what the fuck did we see? Like, I had never seen anything like that. Michael Cole was just repeating that as well. Like, I've never seen anything like this. And it's just fucking insane. So, of course, we'll get to that. But Brock Lesnar uh, had a damn tractor at the beginning. Uh, he drove it to the ring. I'm surprised that fucking thing even fit through that aisle. Um, I, he lifted Roman like on that fucking uh, what do you call it, the scooper or whatever the fuck, um, yeah. and then dropped them in the ring. But it didn't have. I felt like the reaction that I thought it was gonna have. Like the people didn't have the a crazy reaction to that because it didn't seem like a bad fall. I don't know if that's what they were going for. I, I think um, that's what they were like. Basically, it was if you think about it, it was higher than the turnbuckles. It was basically like getting a superplex done. I feel. Well, he lowered it like it was higher, and then he lowered it a bit, and then he dumped him. Uh, I thought he was just going to dump it from where he was originally, but um, that was... I was like, man, was that the big spot of the match? Because that kind of sucked. Uh, but, yeah. you know, but, yeah. little did we know. Little did we um, know. That was just the taste. That was I like was... the... Oh, I'm sorry if I said this. Okay. It, was like, it was like being disappointed in the meal or being disappointed <laughs> in the appetizer and then the meal just fucking kicks ass yeah and before we get to that finish i just want to say as far as like before that happened um it was a you know two guys just fucking going at it um i didn't think uh, to this point it was gonna be the um the best match out of their, you know, long storied rivalry. Uh, but then Brock Lesnar, uh, first he rams the fucking ring with that tractor and it moves. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, he fucking moved the ring. Like, I've never seen that. Um, and the people were like, well, you know, and then Corey was like trying to get out of the way. Um, 
And then he fucking backs up again, lifts up the corner. He lifted the fucking ring, bro. And then Roman just like slid out like he was on fuck on in Titanic and shit. Um, falling, you know, fucking rolling off that fucking boat. Um, so he rolls out to, to the outside of the ring. At this point, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is fucking insane. Um, before we get to what happened after that, what did you think of that? Like, when that happened, bro? Dude, I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, what in the fuck is going on? Like, the ring was, dude, it honestly looked scary as shit. Like, I can only imagine being there live, being, being front row. Like, I would feel uncomfortable. It's like seeing a big-ass carnival ride, like, just up in the air. Like, that thing was high. And it's a big-ass fucking ring. It made... Honestly, it gives you scope on how big that fucking ring is. Yeah, dude. damn, it looked big. And it was just chaotic. Um, I do want to... Before we get into that last section of the match, I do want to talk a little, uh, a little more about what happened during the match. Dude... Honestly, I thought Roman got injured at one point, but he was fine. But, like, it looked just his reaction. I think, um, man, Brock Lesnar is so crazy. He sells like a motherfucker, though, dude. He sells so good. There were so many times when I saw him, like, getting up, I really did feel like he was hurt. Like, oh, my God, like, how many more times can this motherfucker get up? Like, these guys are just the little things that they do. They sell so great for one another. Um, but there was one spot they had already broken the tables on the side, uh, of the ring. And, um, I feel like they just call it on the fly because Brock Lesnar is hitting him with the fucking piece of table that's broken. Brock Lesnar fucking just does a, uh, I guess you would be like a Uranagi, um, yeah. to Roman and throws him onto the table. But when he does that, Roman's arm, I think, goes back and you just hear Roman, like, very audible, just go, oh, shit. Because, like, he, like, fucked his arm pretty bad. But before that craziness, it was a hard-hitting fucking match. These guys, every single time they're in the ring together, it feels like they don't hold anything back. And I think that's why this match has gone on so many times and why Lesnar has worked with Roman so many times. Because Roman will stay and and go toe to toe with Brock Lesnar any day of the week, like it just seems like yeah, it's it's fake, it's it's, it's whatever. Like it's not they're not really trying to hurt each other, but it looks like they're really hurting each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, dude. I mean, fuck. This match was crazy. Like um, when he lifted the ring. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I'm like, man, this, because I didn't see this other moment I'm about to say uh, when it happened, but um, when the ring broke on Lesnar and Big Show and collapsed, I'm sure this is like how they felt watching it live yeah. uh, when it happened. Like, damn, what the fuck? Like, we've never seen something like this. And I feel like this moment that we saw might have um, eclipsed that. Uh, and it's crazy because Brock was involved in both of those. Um, but dude, yeah, like the ring just looked fucking crazy, just fucking like that in the position that it was. Um, mm-hmm. But then, 
Um, Michael Cole's going crazy at this point. Like, what the fuck? Is, you know, he's selling the shit out of it. Um, he's fucking great, by the way. Um, Usos come out. Brock fights them off. And then this other moment was fucking great, I thought, when Heyman was telling him to stop. And he's yeah. like, you know, take the titles. Like, leave them alone. Just leave them alone, you know. I, and he's like, this yeah. is my meal ticket. This is my tribal chief. Yeah. Yeah, like, and then that was fucking great. And then he, bro, he F5s him through the table. I was like, holy shit. Dude, when, when Heyman took that bump, I was like, what the fuck? Heyman's taking bumps right now. What the shit's going on? And then Roman Spears fucking Lesnar right after that. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is fucking mayhem. Um, and then that's when Theory comes out. Um, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, they start bringing up the fucking Brawlins cash in that this could be the same scenario. But then I'm thinking like, where is he going to pin him? The ring is fucking, you know, all fucked up. Or does this become like some kind of triple threat last man standing match? Like, what did you think when theory was coming out? Did you think this was going to be it? Or I felt like it was going to be. For a split second, I thought it was going to be like a triple threat last man standing match. He was going to hit both of them with the briefcase. They were going to be down for 10. He might have won. But then I saw Lesnar getting up, and I was like, oh, he ain't winning. <laughs> I was like, I honestly thought he was going to lose the cash-in. Like, he was going to cash-in and lose it. For a split second, I thought that. And then when I saw Lesnar grab him, I was like, oh, he ain't cashing in. He just, not today. Not today, sir. Yeah, he he started hitting Roman with the case, but then Lesnar hit him with um with an F five, and I'm like, okay, I guess it's not gonna happen. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, you never know. Like he could just kind of hang around, and then we'll see what happens at the end. Uh, because the way that this match is going, you're like, what kind of shit are they gonna do for it to finally end? Um, yeah. But at that point that you brought up that you thought it would be like a last man standing, um, that would be a good way to like not pin either of them um, and still walk out with the titles. Um, but yeah. I just didn't want them to do what they did with Rollins again. Uh, like kind of recycle that kind of almost the same kind of situation. Not really, but similar. Yeah. Um, and then another spear by Reigns to Lesnar. But Lesnar gets up again. Roman bashes Theory and Lesnar with the case. Uh, and Heyman is still fucking down at this point. Yeah. Uh, Michael Cole is going fucking crazy. Because Lesnar mm-hmm. gets up again. And he's like, for the love of God, like, count faster. Like, <laughs> Dude, I, I cracked up when he said that. I was like, for real, count faster. <laughs> and Roman hits Brock with the titles. And Lesnar's up again. He's like, Dad, he beat the damn count again. Like, Cole's fucking insane right now. Um, Like, Cole is on another level. Like, tonight he was on another... Well, not tonight, but last night. He was on another level, dude. He was selling the shit out of, like... Out of a lot of the matches. I don't know. Dude, but all of Roman's run, like, he's been going crazy. And he's one of the reasons why some of those matches just... You just get so fucking into it when Roman's out there... Because yeah. he just sells the fucking shit out of it. He just knows how to present a main event title fight. Like, 
and he he I mentioned it when uh when Ronda beat Charlotte um in the I Quit match. Michael Cole just had me invested in Ooh. the match um when Ooh. we weren't really invested in Ronda Rousey at all. But um yeah, man, like just fucking great work. Um hits him again with the titles and then they bury him and Roman stands on top and retains and Heyman was still down, bro. Like <laughs> I mean uh the Usos are carrying him out <laughs> at the very end. Yeah, um, like what did you think though of that finish? Honestly, at that point it was like there's no other way to hold him down. Um like he wasn't gonna stay down because he's Lesnar. Um oh, goddamn. What a match. What a crazy entertaining match. Um yeah, I have no gripes about it, dude. I left happy. I left happy with it. Dude, I was um I was still thinking like that there was gonna be something else after the match, but then I'm like, nah, like why would Theory try anything? The Usos are out there still, mm-hmm. so there's no point. Roman's on his feet at least, you know, so uh, they start talking about how what is it gonna take to you know if all this happened and Roman's still the champ, what is Drew McIntyre gonna have to do um, to fucking beat Roman? Um, do you have any last thoughts on this whole match before we get to the Drew McIntyre uh, situation uh, and what's next for Roman? Uh, no, no last um, thoughts on this match. I, I think it's all been said. It was a crazy match. It was hectic. It was chaotic. It was first started off as just a crazy ass brawl as any last man standing match is, and then the second half was just chaos. And I felt like it was the perfect. If this was their last match, it's the perfect ending to their to to their feud. In my, you opinion. read my mind. Yeah, you read my mind because I mean. How could you top anything? Not that it was a fucking technically sound match, like, you know, just the greatest wrestling match ever. No, it was the fact that it was just fucking crazy that how could you ever do anything um, like a gimmick match, like a last man standing match that would be better or more crazy than what we just saw. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, what did we just see? Like... That was fucking crazy. And now Roman heads into Clash of the Castle in five weeks against Drew McIntyre. And even though the crowd will probably be hot for him there uh, in his homeland or whatever, there's no way that Roman is going to drop the title to Drew. Mm-mm. Um, And who knows when Theory will ever cash in. And we got to start thinking about Cody. Um, at some point, so we'll nice. see. We'll... He'll be back. Um, how many? How long has it been since Hell in a Cell? Hell in a Cell was in June, I believe. It was in June. All right, so we're a month out. You know, we still got a bit of bit of time for Cody. Maybe, hopefully, you know, the shortest route. Um, maybe by December. Hopefully, we never know. But um. You like know. who else is left? If you're not gonna do him and uh, Roman and Brock again, who is left after Drew for Roman? Like, are they gonna bring back Randy Orton, or is he gonna still be out longer? Or 
I mean, there, there's all that. I mean, he can. Seth Rollins gonna get another crack at it. Um, could get another crack at it. Bobby. So, Bobby still still could have a crack at it. Never had a crack at it. So, what about AJ? Uh, I don't see AJ going after Roman. But they haven't had. They haven't had that. Um, they've had the match in the past, early on in in AJ's WWE run, but. They haven't had AJ in this Tribal Chief run, uh, which if they don't fucking keep uh, burying AJ sometimes or just having him get beat every other week, um, you could have something there that people would actually enjoy because they're both fucking great, but we'll see what they do. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like AJ right now is in just like a laxed schedule. Like, I feel like whatever he's worked out with them is just giving him more time off um, and a lighter schedule. I think what happened, and I could be completely wrong, but he was probably injured pretty extensively, just like probably lingering injuries that he's had. So I feel like he's had this lax schedule to kind of like recoup his body and be with his family and all that stuff. Cause he's been, he's been absent quite a bit like here and there, like not in like, not, continuously but there's been times where we don't even see him on tv for like a couple weeks i could be wrong yeah we'll we'll see what happens um oh overall though it was a great show i thought um Mm -hmm. just just from things that we saw what did you think of the show overall and would you give it a rating dude honestly i'd give it a four out of five all because of, and and on the back mostly of entertainment, uh, there were some definitely great matches. Um, if I were to say which one was the best match of the night, I'm gonna have to give it to Becky and Bianca, opening up the show. In terms of just like a wrestling match, they had the best match, and the only match that competed with them was honestly the tag team match. Um, in terms of entertainment value, fuck the main Roman match, the main event, the main event, fucking showed up because honestly their last match wasn't that great their ma- their mania match meh. it was rushed also was, in the match yeah it, i feel like that one could have been better this one definitely redeemed him on that one but honestly a four out of five for me i really enjoyed this this uh SummerSlam. i have to agree with the matches that you mentioned bianca and becky was definitely the best wrestling match on the show um crazy moment was the main event of course but I still think the WrestleMania 31 Roman and Brock match was probably the best match they've had out of the whole Ivory. Yes, 100% agree. Um, I felt like a lot of their matches in between uh, the um, this uh, new Roman run and that first Mania match were kind of weird, lackluster, like didn't really care for Roman at that time, not like we care for him now. So, yeah, definitely that first match that they had was the best match that they've ever had. Yeah, so um, crazy show, definitely memorable. Um, But now we get to um, not so greener pastures. Um, We get to AEW. Um, And as far as what happened this week, 
honestly, there was nothing on Dynamite this week that was worth talking about. I mean, not Dynamite, uh, Rampage, I'm sorry, that was worth talking about. Um, so I don't even think we'll even touch that. Um, but Dynamite this week. Why are we starting the show with a world title match? Like, that was not even built to. Um, we have fucking John Moxley defending against Roosh or Rush or whatever, uh, Andrade's sidekick, um, or whatever he is. They said that this dude de- debuted like three weeks ago and that he hasn't been pinned in over a year. Like, if we're supposed to know that, you know, like... But that's what I'm telling you. I I know, but (laughs) nobody's seen this guy on AEW since, you know, before fucking three weeks ago. Um, I don't know. It just... I thought this was about fucking rankings and, you know, who really deserves a, a fucking title shot. This was worse than when they gave Dante Martin a title match, um, you know, some ah, weeks ago that, back. That's, that's a that's a reach. I don't think so. Roosh has more of a pedigree than Dante Martin. That's not Who the compare. fuck is Roosh? Okay, first of all, he is a former Ring of Honor champion. So put some respect on his name. And if you want to shit on the Ring of Honor championship, I mean, you're shitting on a lot of great people. So... He's a former two-time champion, not a single champion. He's a two-time champion. Okay, so are we watching Dynamite or are we watching Ring of Honor? Well, Ring of Honor is owned by AEW, so we're watching AEW Ring of Honor. And we know how great of a job they've done of establishing, you know, Ring of Honor guys um, in AEW, right? So Yeah, I mean, I think they built up Samojo pretty good. He's their television champion. They've also, you know, showed that Yuta is actually really good, and he's their pure champion. So and yet we haven't like, seen Samoa Joe in, what, two months on I, Dynamite? I mean, they're talking about FTR, and FTR is the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, so let's not say like they're... they're when they should uh, be the AEW Tag Team Champions, but that's but, a different but, conversation. But they're, but they're not, you know, they're the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions and the IWGP Tag Team Champions, so let's not pretend like those championships don't mean nothing. So... I'm just Anyways. saying. I'm just saying. Roosh is not a Dante Martin. Let's let's not compare Roosh to Dante Martin. But okay. But what's the point of the title match? The world heavyweight title match. Honestly, at this point, they're just having matches. They're just like that's what AEW does. Okay, if we're gonna, uh, um, I can complain about them not doing any storylines that mean anything to I'm blue in the face. I'll just take what I can get at this point. Because I'm not gonna, I, I will, I, I will sit and be pissed off at AEW every single time I watch it if I think like that. So they're just putting on a match, which is not a not a bad match to have, especially because Roosh had a had a I thought a really great match at, at a Ring of Honor uh, Death Before Dishonor. I think that's the name of it. I think so. I thought his match with his brother was actually pretty great. Okay, well, you seem to enjoy it. I. I would have enjoyed the match more if it was just a regular match. Uh, make Roosh look good, but not get the win. But he did not need to be in a world title match. And you're right. he they're just, They just make matches. That's just what Tony Khan does. Um, with no point into some of those matches that he makes. But anyways, getting into the match, though. Um, 
a jump start as always because that's all AEW knows how to do sometimes. Is well, and that's also because of Rush's character. That's what he does. He's a cheater. He cheats even with his brother. So come on, buddy. That's I mean, it, that'd be great if we didn't already see it in a lot of matches uh, on the same show. But did we? Was there multiple in that same show? It was the first of that show. It was the first of that show. So that that changes things. Because if it, but we it was, see it every week. Like, see, that seventy percent of the fucking matches of the show is just fucking jump starts. Like, are there? When's, when's the last time they did that? That happens all the time. Like, it's so overdone that. in AEW. Well, anyways, that's a different situation, right? Um, Regal says on commentary that he had a chance to hire Roosh at his old company, and they didn't because he was too physical. Okay, and oh, if you yeah. can believe that. I and, see, he was actually. I think he, I saw him. Um, I can remember seeing a picture of him um, doing the training. He was uh, at a tryout. I think they actually did hire him, but then they let him go. Like he had the performance center stuff and everything, but they never did anything with him. God. Well, I had no clue because I barely even knew who this guy was. Um, That's why Regal tells you shit, bro. This is the commentary. Well, Taz says we embrace that here. Okay, Taz. Um, I mean, it's true. He's not wrong. Well, anyways, look, your champion in this match is being competitive with a glorified jobber. I don't okay. think so. He's a, a Ring of Honor world champion. Let's, let's not call him a jobber. I mean, you're going to compare him to previous uh, Ring of Honor champions who've actually done something with their career, like a Seth Rollins. I mean, come on, man. Roosh. I mean, Christopher Daniels was the Ring of Honor World Champion. You're going to shit on Christopher Daniels now? I'm not. But All right, that's what Ring of Honor is just a different um, scenario, okay? Let's, yeah. let's just forget that Ring let's of Honor for- was a thing because this is AEW. Yeah, well, AEW owns Ring of Honor now, so and, we can't forget and I'm, the thing. You have to understand, though, that this match and the way that I'm judging Roosh it's just based on what I've seen on AEW television, right? If I'm a casual fan watching this show, I've never seen this guy before in my life, which I haven't really. Um, this I'm is just, not a casual. This is not a casual TV show. Let's. That's let's, the problem. Sometimes that is the problem, but at the same time, why are we gonna put them to the standard of wanting to boot? They obviously don't want casual fans. They have CM Punk over here saying that he doesn't believe that there's any more casual fans. So they're not even catering to any casual fans. These guys are literally catering to the independent scene, which I don't think is a good thing. Honestly, I don't. I think that's shitty. Um, but that's what they are. That's what it is. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Moxley has the same match as always. Uh, no surprise there. Of course, of course, there has to be some kind of run-in in this match. Um Andrade yeah. distracts Moxley, but the Lucha Bros come out with Alex, and they chase him out of there through the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, Rush kicks out of the Death Rider, and what what kind of name is Roosh? Okay, like... I don't know. He's Mexican. Maybe that's the reason why he's called Roosh. I don't, I'm Mexican. I don't know what that even is, or I have no... I just don't like the name. Um, it's a terrible name. That's nitpicking. Um, Jim Ross saying, "What a match! You need to stop, Jim." Okay, it was, it was a match, dude. It was great. 
I actually enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it. Um, but anyways, uh, Jericho comes out because why not, right? There always has to be some kind of afterbirth. Um, and it's not like we haven't seen this before, right? Where something is going on after the match. Um, mocking Reigns was lame as hell. Um, the fact that they started saying like AW Galaxy, and then they said something about acknowledge me or what? What is it? The the line that that um, other dude has? I don't know. It's something like acknowledge me, but it's 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 something stupid. I agree with you on this, like a hundred percent. I don't I don't think they need to be doing this. I feel like it's very, it's almost like the VKM stuff from TNA. Uh-huh. It's like, do you need to be really trying to like dig at the other company? Like, do your own shit, do your own thing. Like this gimmick, I get it. Like, and and people on Twitter and whatever AW hard ons, uh, they're gonna be like, oh, that's that's the point of this thing, you know? They make you fun of the whole. Like, I I understand that. It's just, it's not good. Like, yeah, it's just not good. And and why not get? Free clout from the hottest thing in wrestling right now, Roman Reigns. So, the, yeah, yeah, yes, I agree, hundred percent. And Jericho he's, just is just leeching off of stuff as always that's hot because he's not. Right, um, shit. But um, so Jericho says that Daniel Garcia is in the main event, and I said, "Oh God, another Daniel Garcia main event." Um. You could see, like, Jericho, because he was out there with Anna Jay. She was kind of promo or whatever. Uh, you could kind of see, like, Jericho guiding her with the lines. I could just see him, like, whispering something, I guess, her lines, I'm assuming, to yeah, her. And Anna Jay is so bad on the mic. Yeah, and then she was. She just started saying, like, because I'm tough and I'll choke everyone out and this and that. Like, we I'll actually you, believe I'll that. I'll choke, choke you, I'll choke you, I'll choke you, I'll choke you. That was stupid. Yeah. Like, like we actually believe that she's gonna do that, uh, based on what we've seen of her. After Jericho, you know, cut his promo, Anna Jay said what she had to say. Moxley got on the microphone, and he was cutting his promo against Jericho, saying that they're gonna wrestle. I don't remember where, I don't remember when, but they're gonna have a wrestling match. But he doesn't want the sports entertainment shit that he's been spewing out. He wants um, the ECW Jericho, the the early Jericho. He wants the Lionheart. Um, the last survivor of the of the heart dungeon, Jericho. That's who he wants, and I dug that shit. I love that promo. Moxley's promo is selling me on the match between him and Jericho. If it's the match that we will actually get, and not a sports entertainment kind of like hoopla, like if we just get a wrestling match, which AEW is supposed to be the company for. If I honestly just pure wrestling, you know, normally I can just go to New Japan, watch New Japan shit, and just be in- entertained with that shit. But AEW is supposed to be the one with long-term storytelling, but wrestling-oriented, you know? Right. So, and after, like, two and a half years, Jericho's invoking his rematch for the title, apparently. Yeah, that's dumb, but I can, I can get behind it because he's a heel. Yeah, and, you know, anything that Jericho does nowadays doesn't really make sense, uh, though. So I just thought that was weird that he pointed that out instead of just challenging him straight up and then saying, well... Technically, I never got a rematch or whatever, and then you know that would have been a better way I thought to present that. But yeah. like, we actually want to see this version of Jericho and Moxley again. But who knows? Maybe you know it's a better match than what I'm thinking it's gonna be. They're facing though at some fucking show called Quake by the Lake. Okay, 
I feel like they're doing all these different names right now because they're trying. I I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could, I could be reaching. But I feel like they're doing this to make fun of WWE because if you notice, WWE's live events are being like shown on as commercials, but they have like a specific name for those live events. I don't know. That, that like I said, that could be a reach. Um, but that's how I feel. Like I feel like every week so far since, um, what was it, Double or Nothing? Like has been basically like. We had fighter. We're we're having five for the following. We had fighter fest last last two weeks. We had something else. You know, we have something else coming up. I don't know. Yeah, just, no, it's always some fucking show, and so we'll see what Queef by the Lake uh, is once we get to it. But Moxley says that. Did you hear that in, on Cornet? Is that why you said that? No, no, I did not. I have, I'm still behind on Cornet actually. Uh, that's, that's, um, true. that's true. You are, but. Anyways, Moxley uh, cuts a promo, which I thought was not bad. I thought it was good. Um, he starts saying what he says, basically what we're all thinking at this point, which is we hate you, Chris Jericho, and this you know fucking sports entertainment bullshit that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Moxley calls him the goat, but this shit you're doing now is pathetic, which is true. But Moxley partakes in bullshit like this too. It's just his own kind of bullshit. Um, at times, but I don't completely hate Moxley, but I just feel like he could be better, uh, in what he does sometimes, but, uh, you know, basically saying he wants the Lionheart, um, I thought it was interesting, though, that he is the last surviving, um, the last survivor of the Heart Dungeon, like, the last active wrestler that came out of that dungeon. Yeah, that's, that how I, that's how I took it. Um, there was, uh, who was it? Someone got upset about it because of, what's his name? Just Incredible. Just Incredible got um, upset about Moxie saying that because um, Just Incredible and Lance Storm are still alive and they're, they're um, also went to the Heart Dungeon. Um, but I don't think Moxie was saying that in terms of like, because everyone else is dead. He obviously knows that Just Incredible is alive. He knows his wrestling history. He was saying it in terms of how you said it. The yeah. only active wrestler from the Heart Dungeon. The last surviving one. Calm, calm down, Justin Credible. Trying to be all relevant shit. Well, I thought it was um, an interesting line. Uh, but yeah, basically he wants the old Jericho. Well, sorry, Moxley. He's, he's gone. And he's been for a long time now. Uh, but before we get to the next segment on the show, though, it's important to point out what happened on rampage which is really the only thing that came out of rampage that's worth talking about uh and that's that now wheeler yuda is gonna face jericho next week and if yuda wins he faces moxley instead uh what did you think of that did you see that wheeler yuda shit i did um wheeler yuda still needs time on the microphone it's not that not that great it wasn't horrible he seemed confident what he was saying but I don't know. I thought it was kind of dumb. Um, but whatever. We'll get that match. And uh, ah, it is what it is. I will say, though, that Yuda and Daniel Garcia had a great match at uh, Death Before Dishonor. I enjoyed that match. I do like the rules of the pure championship matches. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're interesting, and it's, it's actually pretty cool. Um, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. 
but I I like it and I enjoyed it and um, I thought they had a good showing. I didn't watch the match at all. Yeah, because you're trash. I did not watch that match, but um, they basically did the thing uh, though with Jericho that Buda saying he can beat him. He basically suckered him into agreeing to the match. Um, I don't want to see Yuta beat Jericho. I don't He's think not. that's what's going to happen. Because if that were to happen, oh, how the mighty have fallen um, with Chris Jericho. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll Any see. final we'll thoughts see. on that whole situation with Jericho and Moxley and Yuta and yeah. I just got to say Moxley sold the shit out of it for me. And I actually enjoyed the match that Moxley did have. I love it when Regal is on commentary. Um, I wish he would stay on commentary. Um, if this whole like uh, Blackpool stuff uh, ends up ending, which eventually it will, I'm sure. Um, I would love to have Regal on commentary. I feel like he'd be a great addition because he can be almost like the like the devil's advocate because he's going to enjoy what anyone's doing, even if they're cheating. Because even when Rush was cheating or whatever, um, Regal was like, yeah, yeah, this guy's great. He does that because he's going to do it, whatever it takes to win. That's what I like about him. And so that's I, I dig that. I dig Regal's yeah. take. I agree with you on that. He definitely needs to be on commentary. He should be like a fucking um, on-screen general manager or something. That's okay, you know, buddy. Okay, they, they, they can't copy WWE that that much. Well, they need somebody to go out there because we've seen what Tony Khan looks like when he goes out there. <laughs> um, but who that's else true. is like? They're just making matches, right? Like, I don't know. It could be. It won't be the worst thing in the world. But we move on to. We get more titles. We have more titles oh, in yeah. AEW. Um, the, the trios titles. The trios titles are are coming out now. We gotta we gotta do that shit. Yeah, we've heard you know that those are eventually gonna be a part of the show uh, at some point. And I, think, I like the look of the belts. What did you think of the design and the? Uh, they reminded me of the WCW tag team titles. And I don't okay. like the WCW tag team titles. Um, I like those actually. Uh, I, I guess like maybe that. that's why I um, dug these the look of it. But another damn title or titles that they won't give a fuck about. Okay. Uh, I feel like they'll care a little bit more. I think they'll be shown more. Is what I should say because they have trios matches all the fucking time. How many factions do they have to have? This is why they have to have championships because they have like 20 billion factions on their stupid ass show. Well, that's not a stupid show. Well, that was just mean. They might as well add some titles where these some of these trio matches actually make sense uh, and don't feel like they were just put together because, you know, let's just fucking have a match, right? People well, would love to see this. Um, I'm going to skip forward a little bit because I don't want to talk about the trios um, titles too, too much. But I believe in this same dynamite, we had a backstage segment with um, the Young Bucks, yeah. and they were uh, they were walking. They were not happy because they're no longer the top team or whatever the fuck. Um, and what's his face behind the camera? Um, basically, tell them, giving them the news about the trios titles. They don't care, but then they see Adam Page in the back, and they're like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" Whatever. At first, I was like. Why the fuck are they talking to him like that? But then I remember the last, you know, interaction they did have wasn't a bad one. They were just like kind of like, yeah, okay. 
So like they're kind of gonna form that back again. So to have Adam Page with them, I hope trios, not. tag titles. Um, if they're faces, I'm okay with it, honestly, because them as heels, it's not even like that they're heels. It's just that they're just annoying. So at least them as faces, they won't do as many annoying things. You know, the overselling and I don't know. I don't dig like that. That that's the young bucks. That's the thing. I'm not saying that that's bad. That what they do is is horrible to everything the business is about. It is, um, but it's just not for me. I don't like how the young bucks work half the time. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not saying that they're not one of the greatest tag teams around right now. They're still, like I said, top four. I'll agree with that. Um, I actually had a problem, if you can believe this, I had a problem with this backstage uh, segment because for a couple of reasons, right? So Brandon mentions that the titles, uh, that they're bringing these titles. Huh? I forgot his name, Brandon. Brandon Cutler. Okay. Yeah, Brandon Cutler um, brings up that the titles are going to be a thing now. And the Bucks are like, what? Like, tell us more. And then Matt says, like, I didn't know that. Like, sure you didn't, buddy. You're just the fucking EVP of the company, right? Um, Like, you totally didn't know something about it, right? Because yeah, Tony Khan doesn't let them in their in their meetings anymore. That's, that's all in the past. That was the first year shit. I would okay. hope so. But it's okay to not mention, like, the EVP thing because they want to keep it away from the wrestling universe right if you will that they're in but the young bucks just bring it up all the time in promos and that they started the company and our evps and that and then they do this thing where they somehow run into page backstage and he's standing there looking awkward as hell and nervous because he's just running to his old friends Mm -hmm. who don't talk anymore who are in an argument Right, and and I'm all for the story, right, that they told when they gave him the nod when he beat Kenny. Like, yeah. there's a story there, yes, but yes. just the way that this was done was, like, so unnecessarily cringe, weird, and awkward. It was, it was weird. It was awkward. Um, but uh, I guess it gives you the same feeling as them. I'm I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate this whole, this whole time you're talking about it because – if we both just shit on AEW, it's not going to be a fun time <laughs> for anyone to listen. So that was adequate. Yes, it was cringy. It was awkward. But isn't that eliciting the same emotion that they're probably feeling at that same time? Like when you run into a friend or like someone that you used to be close with, but you're not really on good terms because of what happened before in the past. But you don't really hate them anymore. But you don't know how to say like, wow, oh, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. Dude, and they, I'm sorry. So... That's they kind of elicited the same feeling that they're probably feeling in that same moment. They're trying to feel in that same moment. So yes, it was awkward and cringy, but yeah, I don't think it was for the show. I I get that, but when you have a guy involved in this who was just your world champion and you want to keep him um, on that same level for the future, um, Imagine if, you know how back in the day, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, uh, when Shawn Michaels came back, you know, he betrayed them and, you know, they had a heated rivalry. What if you saw a backstage segment where Triple H runs into Shawn backstage and one of them or both of them are looking awkward as hell, nervous, instead of like, 
maybe mean mugging each other, but they know, like, you can feel like they have some respect for each other, but they still remember the past. Um, it just wouldn't fit. It just wouldn't feel... Did uh, they do that? They did like, a couple times. When they standing got... there, like Paige was, like, all fucking no, no. nervous. It, they didn't make it awkward in WWE, because there were um, confrontations, especially leading up to DX getting back together beforehand, where, like, Michaels and Triple H would be in a backstage segment where they'd meet and they're teasing it. So it did happen. They would tease that they were going to get back together in DX, but instead of it being awkward, they were mean mugging each other though. They were they were more mean mugging each other. Like, can I trust you? Can I not trust you? I don't know right now. So right now, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. And that was how it was in, in WWE between them two, for um, sure. But yeah, I, I I'm agreeing with you with the Adam Page thing. It just didn't fit where Adam Page is coming from at this point. And it's just, it's, you don't need them to be like that. Like you really don't, I get what they're trying to do. And I, and I know you're saying this also, but it doesn't need to be that way. And right. I don't think that they're, they're keeping Adam Page as a main event guy anymore at this point. At this point, I don't even see him as a main event guy. It was hard for me to even see him as a champion, to be honest with you. So yeah, I can agree with you on this stuff. And I'm saying that the story is there. Like, I'm not saying don't yeah. do this at all. Like, get rid of it. No, the story is there. Just why are you doing it this way? And then Dark Order shows up talking about Paige's birthday and the Bucks walk away like sad about it or whatever the fuck. And it's just so weird to me. But it's the Young Bucks. So are we really surprised at this point? Um, well, at this point, the way, they're the way they're at because they've fallen so far. They were yeah. once the greatest champions. They were the highest of highs because they were champions. Kenny Omega was champion. Kenny loses his title. They lose their titles. They win the title back, but then they lose it again. So right now they're they're down on their luck, and they really haven't been on TV too much. I mean, maybe that's for the good, uh, for well, for yeah. a good reason. Um, yeah, if you can't, if you're if you're always there, when can anyone miss you? So. Exactly. But moving on. Um, before we got to the next match, Dante says some shit that nobody gave a fuck about backstage. Who the fuck is Sky Blue, and do we even care? Uh, he did a trampoline no. routine later that night with uh, Sammy. Uh, okay. That we won't. You didn't even. You didn't, you didn't even watch the match. Don't call it a trampoline routine. <laughs> it, was, it was an okay match. It was a decent match, um, but it led to nothing. That that's the end all be all. Don't don't disrespect him for no reason. It's it's whatever. But going to a segment that actually led to something. Um, First of all, when this match started, uh, we had Ricky Starks and Danhausen for the FTW Championship. At first, I'm like, man, I'm sorry, Ricky Starks, that you have to work with this kind of booking and working with clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, last week's Atlanta crowd was fucking hot for Ricky. Um, but this one, at first, not so much. Maybe because he's working with clowns. I don't know. Uh, this is how, though, that, and I don't want to get into this again because we know what fucking path we'll go down to if we do, but this is how the Warlow versus Orange Cassidy match should have gone. No, no offense. No, 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 no. Just get, get over that. Let's, let's not, let's, okay. we'll, we'll get into something. <laughs> no, At least they I'm got not. this one right is what I'm saying. But okay. yeah, well, the fans. Yeah, well, like that, so it's okay. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna slide past this one, buddy. If you will. Um. Anyways, Ricky Starks retains as he should. Uh, the fans were calling for Hook 
And here comes Hook, man. Look at the... I was like, man, look at the fucking face on Hook right now. Walking down there with a purpose. Yeah, the I same was, face he always gives, so... As he should. He's taking it seriously, which is something that a lot of these guys should uh, take note of. Um, I'm loving this he, shit. Even though he's hanging out with Denhausen. So, yeah. He's, but he's not being a clown while doing it. Uh, uh, yeah. No. I'm loving this shit, though. Hook is so smooth in the ring, man. Of course, every single time. He, what did you think of Hook, though, when he came out? Like, what did you think when you saw this? Um... I think Hook's great. I think Hook, uh, but he's small, dude. <laughs> That's the only problem. Uh, but he's working with the right people, so it's okay. It's okay. That's all I can say. I don't okay. want to. Well, yes, he is on the smaller side, but um, I think which I'll talk about here because his finisher, the um, you know that fucking lock or the sleeper. Taz I'm sorry, transmission used to be called. But not anymore. There was a spot, though, before the finish where he countered Ricky and then did like a flip that makes sense. Like, it made sense to get out of that move um, compared Mm -hmm. to some of the other flips that we see these days. Um, He catches Ricky into the sleeper, taps him out. The crowd is hot. And, like, I'm like, what the fuck did we just see? Like, I love this, bro. Uh, You know, I've been a big Hook fan since the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think he has a lot to learn. He's gonna get better. He can only get better from here. He's still green, but this made sense. Um, you know, to me, um, I'm nitpicking by saying though that maybe they could have built to this, or Ricky could have said no that he didn't want a face hook and that it can it can build. But I think the fact that we didn't expect this to happen, made it fucking for a great moment, you know? Yeah, and I, and I feel like they did it, they did this because, of course, what happens um, in the end, but it was, it wasn't built because Hook is not gonna be involved with Ricky Starks, you know? That's not the story that they want to tell. They're right. just telling a story that, that Hook is going to have this title now, the title of his father, and uh, he's going to run with it, and we're going to see how that goes. Um, this was more of a match to make Ricky Starks turn into a face. That's basically what they were trying to accomplish, which I think they did. Yeah, and um, I think it was a good move. Um, I don't know what the reason will be if they will even mention it, because sometimes they just uh, don't. They but the reason why Hook came out, I don't know if it's because defending Danhausen. I don't know if that's the best reason to bring him out. If that's what you're gonna roll with, uh, no. but we'll have to see. Um, I think what, what it could have been was that he wants to win the title. That and they kind of said it in commentary. That's um, Taz said it. That's the title that he saw on the mantle when he was growing up. That's the title he saw his dad come back with every single day. So yeah. I think a part of it was yes to defend Danhausen because they're the odd couple. And um, he does actually protect Danhausen because Danhausen cannot protect himself. Um, but also to win that title because that's his father's title. So I feel like the 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 reasoning behind it doesn't even really need to be brought up too too much. Um, but I like that they were also telling the story that Ricky Starks actually does respect Hook 
because they have um, like a brotherhood from when they were training together. Or Ricky Starks was kind of helping Hook become the wrestler that he is today. Yeah, and it was a great, uh, he fist bumped him at the end, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. It was a great moment. Uh, Taz was saying that, you know, this is surreal to him. Of course, that's his son. Yeah. Um, but then we get to the next part that was interesting as, you know, like if that wasn't already interesting enough, we get another twist here. Uh, basically, uh, Ricky Starks is cutting a promo in the ring. A pipe bomb. Um, yeah, and he said that he's used to losing. He said that. Uh, I was like, okay. Um, but he cut a great fucking promo, putting the belt over, uh, or as you like to call it, a prop, or whatever. I mean, uh, it was treated like one for the longest time, so can't blame me. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a great fucking promo, though, nevertheless, and Rich, Ricky Starks is fucking over, man, and he's fucking great. Uh, I love this. Um, I'll get to this other point here in just a little bit, but I just want to say I did not see that Will Hobbs attacking him after that at all. I didn't see it coming. I thought maybe in the future, but I'll go ahead. Honestly, um, when Ricky Stark started, you know, cutting his promo, all I could think about was like, really? Like, we're going to do another pipe bomb promo. You're going to let him do a shoot. Like half shoot work promo to make it to to turn him to face. Like we're gonna do this to everybody now or what? Like everyone's getting a pipe bomb. You get a pipe bomb. You get a pipe bomb. I don't know. Sometimes it can be overdone, but the promo was supposed to be that way for the fucking turn because that turn was the shit. I loved it. I was so like I I was I did not expect it at all, but I dug every single second of the aftermath the just just him standing there over ricky starks just mean mugging him and the booze that were coming in ah goosebumps all over again just thinking about it well i don't have a complaint about the pipe bomb point that you brought up i don't mind that at all i think you're just nitpicking there buddy um but it stops becoming special if it's used too much i feel like it's still special at this point but Yes, I thought fucking Hobbs would be the babyface eventually because Ricky's just good at being a heel. But we got the reverse of that. And, bro, you're pushing guys to the moon like Yuta, but you have guys like Ricky on your roster getting the shit hey, end of the stick, buddy. Hey, hey. If, if you, okay, continue, continue. I was just going to say, like, it's about fucking time that Ricky Starks is doing something that people actually want to see, uh, and it's not just a, another fucking match where he's doing some good shit, but nothing really comes out of it, I feel, in my opinion. Um, well, I didn't see much, though. Ricky Starks um, has had... He has had the shit into the stick because he's gotten... Like, when he was getting his first initial push um, in the very beginning, he broke his neck. Yeah. So he was out because of that. So it kind of hindered whatever push they were going to give him at the time. Because he was being pushed. Like, Yeah. So no. Can't, can't say much about them pushing other people while someone got injured and you're just trying to make sure that is this person going to be okay? Especially after a broken neck. Not a severely broken neck, give you that much, but a broken ne- neck, for, like, regardless. 
So you can't blame them for pushing other people before him when they have to make sure he's going to be okay, that they can give him that push. So I feel you on that, but you know how I also feel about Yuta. Uh, but anyways... Yeah, I um, understand that, but okay. When Taz... You know, when that happened, when Hobbs fucking hit him, Taz said, you know, like, what the, what the hell did you just do, Hobbs? You know, instead, he mm. should have been, like, like laughing, like, it was all part of the plan, Shivani. It was all part of the plan. Uh, Taz could have said, well, we had to do it because he was starting to do dumb shit, like, fucking ask for more challengers after he's had a match already, which is what he did last week. Uh, because last week when he did that, Taz had made a comment, like, no, what are you doing, Ricky? Like, what are you doing? It's like something along those lines. Uh, maybe they could still do that uh, and have Taz lean with Hobbs, or this could be a chance to drop the team Taz completely and have him with Hook. But I'm not sure that Hook really needs Taz with him right now. Uh, he's doing great on his own for being so young. Um, um, I, don't, I think this was to end Team Taz completely. Like I don't think that I don't think te- they want to continue with Team Taz. I think they're going to have Taz now just strictly on commentary because we've been seeing that a lot lately. He's just been on commentary. I have noticed that he's been on Dynamite more, um, but I think you can still keep Hobbs with Taz because he needs a mouthpiece still, but Ricky doesn't need one and doesn't Does need know? to be part of a Team Taz anymore. Does Hobbs need a a, a, a voice at this point? Because I've heard there's been um, little points. He hasn't done like a huge promo, but it was kind of like the Wardlow thing. You know, like when Wardlow finally got like a little bit of promo time and, and just little, it was actually really good. Um, good enough to where people were like, oh, my God, this guy could probably do something. Hobbs has had has had that a couple of times where he's cut a promo here and there. And right. it's not bad. It's not horrible. So he might not even need one, dude. Well, I have to agree with that because I think Warlow, he's shown some signs of that he's not fucking the shits on the mic. Like he can cut a promo, but... It's just not where you'd want it to be for a main event guy just yet. So a mouthpiece doesn't hurt them. It, it can help them. But, I mean, honestly, I don't trust AEW in giving him a good mouthpiece because, I mean, well, not everybody can have Paul Heyman. Um, so, yeah, and Taz isn't that great of a mouthpiece, honestly. Well, he's better but, than Jake the Snake Roberts. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that. But he's huffing and I'm puffing ass. I'm not saying that anyone else is better than like Taz. Honestly, just don't think that Taz being a mouthpiece for anybody adds anything to them. We'll see what happens, right? I mean, um, Team Taz died for a reason. I mean, true. They don't, you don't need Taz coming out cutting promos on people. It just doesn't. You don't need it. Right. And before we get to the next uh, segment, uh, you brought it up as far as like Taz being on commentary, but. Why is there a four-man team? And I thought Jim was only doing the second hour. This He did the whole show, didn't he, this fucking episode? Uh, I think so. Um, I don't know why there's a four-man team. I feel like Shivani is just there for fun, for shits and giggles. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Because at this well, point, it's going to be what it is. Until it's better, I'm not, I really don't care about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um it's- it's not affected what has been going on in the ring, in my eyes. I don't. No one's really said anything where it's like, "Why are they saying all this shit?" They let they let Excalibur call all the moves, play by play, because he's the only one that actually knows the moves that are going on in the ring. Right. I don't know what the fucking moves are going on in the ring? 
but he knows that's why he's there. And then um, Jim Ross is there just to say some stupid ass shit, which is okay because sometimes it's funny as fuck. Um, and he stole Excalibur's line during one of the <laughs> one of the matches, um, which I thought was funny. And Taz is there. Taz actually contributes. He's there as the as the color, just to you know tell the story, kind of root for the heels, not really, just kind of be the wrestler analyzing what the wrestlers are thinking. So. Yeah, and excrement, man. I just, I just zone the fuck out sometimes. What he's saying, because he's just like, he's like, "Bongo's the buff one, three thousand. He just hit that. Remember, that's what he used to hit back in Ring of Honor." And like, we don't know, man. At least I don't know. That's why he's telling you. I don't understand. I don't understand this, uh, this like hate for that. It's like he tells you what the move is. He tells you when they did it. He's not expecting you to know it. He's telling you so that you do know it in case you don't know it. He's trying to get you involved by telling you what the move is and when they did it and how they used to beat people with it to legitimize the wrestler in the ring. What's so wrong about that? I don't get it. I don't get it. Tom Phillips would be better. I'm oh just saying. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Tom so- was so fucking great. <laughs> He was I, fucking great compared to the excrement. No, no, no. Tom Phillips wouldn't even know what the fuck's going on in the ring. He doesn't know any of the moves. He would just be saying random shit, getting it wrong. And then people would complain about Tom Phillips getting everything wrong because he doesn't know what's going on. So, no, this is a stupid argument why people hate excrement or whatever you want to fucking call him because fucking Jim Cornette calls him excrement. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> All because right, I told you a valid reason why he says shit. You say the dumbest thing in the world. Say Tom Phillips would be better. Oh my fucking god! Better than uh, him at you this point. You should have said Morrow. Morrow would have been better. Well, we know it's not gonna happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, now there's Tom Phillips. Well, anyways, uh, before we get to the jungle book, <laughs> he's doing a great job. Damn it! Um, before we get to the jungle boys uh, situation, uh, Jay Lito is in the bag. He deserves better working with clowns, but I don't really want to hey, get into that. He's not working Rick Flair tonight. You leave him alone. He's doing great things. He's working with clowns. Um, anyways, yeah. Jungle Boy coming out. Uh, I cracked up. There was a sign in the front row that said, Damn it, he's a jungle man. Like in fucking caps or whatever. I thought that was funny. Uh, Who said that, JR? That, no, there was a sign that said, Damn it, he's oh. a jungle man. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That but was funny. Jungle Boy. He basically takes the fucking mic and says that Christian is the biggest pussy that he's ever met and <laughs> pussy chants start. And I'm like, wow. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Uh, they didn't even bleep it. No, they didn't. And they have a seven second delay, so they could have bleeped it if they wanted to. Apparently, you can call someone a pussy on live television. Yeah, man. I, I was like, let's fucking go. I'm loving this, right? Finally, Jungle Boy... Um, cuts a promo where he actually sounds like he's, you know, pissed off. He's, you know, showing some personal personality, which we'll get to here as well. Uh, saying Christian was needing cash because his wife divorced his bitch ass, and then says, "Call me," while doing the fucking sign like, "Call me," and I'm like, "Man, Jungle Boy showing some fire." What did you think of those? Two lines that we uh, that I just brought up here. Okay, I loved loved how you called him pussy. 
Of course, that was the first thing that came out of his mouth. Let's let's put into context real quick. That was the first thing that came out of his mouth. So I loved it. Yeah. But then he started talking some more. <laughs> and I was like, how are you the son of an actor? It wasn't that great. <laughs> it wasn't that great. It was, a, it was, he needs a lot of work on the mic. But granted, he has not been given that time on the mic. So I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that much. He needs a lot more, a lot more time. I feel though, like the, the delivery on some of the lines were in his great. Um, I feel though that he would be a much better heel. Well, that's what I got out of this whole promo. He would be a much better heel and be more comfortable saying heelish shit than he does trying to be like the heroic good guy. And this wasn't like a heroic good guy. This was a pissed off good guy who's going to talk some shit. Um, almost heelish, to be honest. But there was some stuff where he was doing a little bit of his things, like, you know, the call me thing. There was something else that he did. Oh, when he called, basically said that Christian had a small dick and that's why his wife divorced him. Um, and so. There was some things in there that were good. I'm not saying it was completely horrible, but it wasn't as good as I hoped it would be, is what I'll say. Okay. Um, I mean, I understand that, and I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And this just goes oh, back to what we, what we talked about, um, where we just, maybe sometimes we just need to enjoy stuff, right? And I Shut enjoyed up. this from Jungle Boy. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? You know, he said, like, what do you think happened to the wife? You know, and he brought up the penis line. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, Christian comes out. Uh, he, was, he was saying, like, hold on, hold on. And then, like, Jungle Boy didn't realize he was on the screen, it felt. So... No, I, I think it was lagging or something. Or, like, I, I don't know what happened. But, yeah, that, that was twice that kind of happened. Where, yeah, like, he... someone in the ring didn't notice what was going on on the screen till later. That was kind of weird because, like, Christian even had to look like, damn, does he not hear me or what? Like, uh, until finally, like, uh, Tony tells him, like, hey, he's on screen or whatever. Um, Christian's saying that, you know, you're wearing that jacket I draped over your body. Uh, and the next thing will be a body bag and you can cozy up beside your dead dad is basically what he said. <laughs> uh, which I was like, oh, damn, you know, they keep going there. I don't want like them it. to go there, but they keep going there. Um, Christian keeps going there. He don't give him a fuck. So at this point, uh, I'm thinking like Luchasaurus could still join Christian. I'm thinking because he mentioned that, you know, Christian was telling him like, hey, man, when you were with me, you were laying people out. Uh, and beside me, you could have a bright future of big matches and code. So what did you think of Christian here and Luchasaurus possibly still? Do you think he could still join Christian or? Um, I feel like if he joins Christian, it's gonna he he's gonna take off the mask. Um, and I can see that happening more. Um, I hope it happens. I don't. I, I'm tired of seeing like I like the Legiosaurus thing. It was cool. Um, but it needs to end already. We need to get a guy playing a dinosaur off TV. I'm sorry. It's entertaining for only so long. Because he doesn't Agreed. do anything. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't cut any promos. How can he cut a promo and he's supposed to be pretending to be a dinosaur? What the fuck? He, all he does is growl. Apparently he has a PhD or something like that, I read. Or a master's he's degree. He's really smart. He's a smart guy. Take off the fucking mask. And you know what this guy looks like? Yeah, we do. He was, bas- he was in NXT and he was on um, Big Brother at one point. Oh, so God. We know what he looks like. Um, but... Yeah, man. Um, I think 
I don't know how the story can go. Honestly, at this point, I, I'm more enjoying the promos. Anything in the ring, I don't know how they can end it. I don't. Um, if they end it with Luchasaurus turning on, or at least you know, continue it with Luchasaurus turning on, on Jungle Boy, that'd be great. Because I don't want to see. Um, I just, I don't think that the Jurassic Express is going anywhere at this point anymore. Jungle Boy needs to go on his own and needs to work on. He's yeah, talking. Be- because if Luchasaurus doesn't go here or whatever, like they're just going to go back to being a team. Like, I mean, where else what- would you go? Yeah, what, what is that going to accomplish this whole story? Like, it doesn't accomplish anything. This, this story is to make Jungle Boy a star. Push him yeah. as a single star, and it's not going to work that way if they keep on the same. So, yeah. Agree. We'll see what happens. Uh, another quick thing that happened: uh, Swerve beat Tony Nese, and then they show Keith Lee getting attacked by Josh Woods. Has there ever even been any mention of him before? Uh, I don't think so, to my knowledge. Uh, have we seen him? Mm-hmm. Justin, and do we give they, a fuck? They've only talked about him when talking about Wheeler Yuta winning the Pure Championship. That's the only time they talked about him, but. I mean, he's a new guy. How else are you supposed to show that this guy is going to be a threat as someone new that has some credibility beyond, you know, what he did in AW? So he's going to lay out Keith Lee. So that shows one, all right, this guy is strong enough or at least cunning enough to hurt Keith Lee. And this guy, I think he actually has an MMA background. Um, he's He's wasn't originally a wrestler. He either did MMA or football. I'm not sure. One of the two. But, um, yeah. Um, and he was the previous pure champion before Yuta. So there's that, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, how else are you supposed to bring in a new guy that you want people to believe is a monster? Yeah. And now... Him and Tony Nese are a team. Like, if we need any more teams, when you have the most over and possibly the best team in the world right now on your roster, and they're not the champions. Yeah, but, but, but who? You need a tune-up team. You need a team. You, you tune-up teams. Have, you can't just have Keith Lee and Swerve go into like a a serious storyline with another big big team when the other big teams that are there are in their own other storylines. The Young Bucks are going to go after the. The trio's title, that's what they lined up for that. FTR, we don't know where they are right now. Dax Hart, uh, Dax seems injured right now, so they're probably going to have a lighter schedule. They had that big match against the Briscoes. Um, what are the team... The Lucha Bros are, are, in a, are mixed up with Andrade and Rush. They're going to have their thing going on. So who else is there to fight against Swerve that we haven't already seen or Jabronis? Like yeah. fucking what the butcher and the blade, what private god. party? Oh god, well, um, that's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're those are your tuned up teams, though. Yeah, but they're not. Every no one believes that they're gonna do anything at this point. Well, no, well, I don't believe Tony Nese is ever gonna do shit, anyways, in AW. But that's I a mean, different. Tony, Tony Nese with fucking no one, which is basically yeah, he's not gonna help. But this other person. Maybe. So you market him as a beast to go with Tony Nese. Tony Nese is just one of those guys that they probably didn't need to sign 
um, and he brings nothing to the product, I feel. But um, I'm not saying he's terrible. He's not. But it just wasn't needed because that's when they were bringing in more and more people, it seemed like, every other week. But um, Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, they're not there for a storyline. And that's what they're trying to They're trying to give Swerve and Keith a storyline um, with somebody else that's a little bit more credible than are the trash teams that they already have left over. That what are about not Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly? They're injured. They're coming back next week. Are they coming back next week? Well, they wanted the, to kick off a storyline now, so why are they going to wait until next week? Like The Undisputed Elite will be back next week, which will cover... They're probably uh, gonna week. be in the trios tournament. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um, to be I'm honest, just, but I'm just saying, like, they're what they're doing is not a bad thing. It's it's what they have to do because they have trash teams. They've already like private party isn't gonna get any better at this point. I don't think they've been what this is the third year of AW. They have not shown that they have gotten any better than when they first started. And that's because they were given a fucking awesome push in the beginning. But they've squandered that push because they didn't get any better. And Butcher and the Blade. They're the shit since they started. Yeah. So, like, who else to be credible than to get someone who was a former Ring of Honor pure champion? As we know, they pushed Yuta to the moon for that. So there's someone there that's going to be more credible than most people. Boys, you claimed. I know they have their own shit going they have on, but thing going on, buddy. Like <laughs> I know, but they're also involved in the tag division. Um, and maybe they can go. They can do something after the fact, but they're not gonna. Right now, the acclaim are faces. So maybe afterwards, after this little scrape, like and even then, why are you gonna put the Ass Boys against them? So maybe the Ass Boys can be somewhere else. Um, but they might even be in the trios tournament too because Billy Gunn's there. It's all one big clusterfuck, Nico. It uh, is one big clusterfuck. That they got going on, and we just love to watch it every week. Um, we, we actually do. Like, I'm we more do. excited to see Dynamite than I am WWE half the time. This so. this is an interesting Dynamite, I will say. Um, but before we get to the main event, uh, not a bad promo by the House of Black. Um, Malachi was saying that you know we live in a society that's quick to worship people that have no value. Uh, he said that these days, God and the devil are the same thing. Uh, says that there's no reason for the confusion, Miro. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then Brody challenges Darby to a coffin match. And once again, Darby will be in a coffin match on Dynamite as a throwaway. Like, it feels oh. like every other coffin match has been. Hey, man, that's his match. That's the thing. He does the coffin drop. He's going to have the coffin matches. This match, to me means nothing because they they do it with darby all the time and if you want him to have that as a signature match that's fine but at least build to it and build like an aura around that match like uh how the undertaker used to be with the casket match when you knew there was gonna be a casket like it it, it meant something this means nothing i don't feel like the undertaker's casket matches meant anything either because the problem with the undertaker's casket match is that he lost more than he won but it was a signature for him. Like when you thought of the casket match, you think of the Undertaker. Yeah, but then they stopped doing it because it was dumb. Like it well, just didn't. It didn't help anything. Like the casket matches didn't help nobody. Um, then why is Darby Allen doing it? 
That's what Darby Allen does. That's his match. Like, what can I say? Like, it's the same thing with Undertaker. It didn't really work with the Undertaker either. I never enjoyed, like, I wasn't like, oh, shit, the coffin match. Let's fucking go. No, no, but, like, you knew it meant something, like, as far as, like, oh, it's a casket match. No, it didn't mean anything because the Undertaker lost it all the time. Oh, God. Okay. um... It's like the Buried Alive match. How can you have a Buried Alive match that's supposed to be Undertaker's match, but he always loses it? How many buried alive matches has it been in the last? It's only been like two, hasn't there? Um, he lost. He had, he had both one with of them. Austin. I think he had one with Austin. He lost against. He had one with Mankind that he lost against. Oh, and he Kane. had one with Vince McMahon that he lost against. Oh no, Vince, and then Kane got involved. I'm sorry. Yes, as I was saying, like he has all these like gimmick matches that he always loses. Like, <laughs> so whatever. What did you think of? Uh... The House of Black with the mirror, that situation, uh, before we move on to the main event. Uh, it was okay. <laughs> I didn't really care for it. <laughs> um, it's okay. I, I, I just, I want Miro. Give me Miro. Um, I think I, I liked it. Uh, it wasn't the, it wasn't great, the House of Black thing, but um, I usually skip some of that shit that they say because it's nonsense. But, but it, it was you. It was you who were saying, don't give me Miro, give me House of Black. I don't want to see it. It's gonna be trash, and here you are. I just, I just thought some of the lines that Malachi said were interesting. Um, I liked when he said, "Like, there's no reason for the confusion, Miro." I'm like, that it just keeps it interesting. I feel, but yes, because they, they, because they're telling good stories. Him, House of Black, and Miro are telling a good story, and that's what I was saying when I was excited to see this. But you were, you were trashing all over me, saying that. No, the House of Black is shit. They're gonna make Miro shit. But no, it's a good, it's an interesting story now, isn't it, buddy? Huh? Because no, I'm just talking about two or three lines in one backstage promo or whatever. Right, you're saying that the whole, but that was enough to make you say, you know, it's a good enough promo. It's a good, pretty good, pretty good. I said it was not bad. Yeah, you did not say it was not bad. You also said it was good. So well, shut up. Well, my notes here say I said it was not bad. Um, but anyways, <laughs> we get to the main event, uh, which even though. I don't want to see Daniel Garcia in another main event. Um, it was exciting to see because Brian Danielson is back. His comeback match, as they were saying. Um, and I like what Taz was saying in the commentary. He was like, you know, this match is about Brian. We know this. Like, it's about, it's built around him. But if I'm Daniel Garcia, I'm saying the hell with that. You know, like, which I thought added to the match, I felt. But... Mm-hmm. Finally, I said, finally some wrestling on this show. Uh, but I just hate that we had to hear Chris Jericho during it on commentary. Um, as you know, I just don't enjoy him on commentary. He's always yelling for no reason. But that's just me, maybe. I don't know. Um, the crowd is hot for Brian, man. And just another reminder that he should have been the world champion. Like, God, he just is on another level compared to some of these other guys, especially in this company. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho's on commentary, so again, you know that w- there was going to be some kind of afterbirth or something was going to happen in the match, I felt, uh, that was not going to be that good. Uh, dude, did you see those shots at Brian when he was beating down Garcia with the elbows, like when he, had, when he was on top of him, just fucking boom, nailing him? I thought that was fucking great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Jericho finally did crack me up on commentary, though, um, if you can believe this. Um, 
Brian, because Brian did a middle drop kick or um, missile drop kick. I'm sorry, uh, from the top, and he he laid there because I, I don't know if you saw that where he yeah. kind of he they made it seem like he hit his head or his neck or whatever. Makes them messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So then they show like this guy in the crowd, like all worried um, about what we just saw, and Jericho's like, "Look at that guy. He's like, what a mark or whatever." <laughs> Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> but anyways, Brian was dominating. Uh, but that landing, it kind of gave Garcia like a chance to get offense going on him. Um, which, without that, there's no reason why anybody would believe that he can take Brian uh, in a match. Uh, but that actually made sense, right? Imagine that. Yeah. Um, and then somebody grabs Brian's leg. And then Garcia hits him with the pile driver and then puts him in a hold and Brian passes out. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, Garcia just won. He didn't pin him, but he made him pass out. I mean, he, made, he didn't make him tap, though. Right, he just passed out. Uh, yeah. But just the fact that they had him go over was crazy. Um, and then Hager's revealed, of course, it's somebody from the JNS. Uh, that grabbed his leg. Uh, I thought Garcia had a great match, but then again, he was in there with Brian Danielson, and that's not a coincidence, folks. So, what did you think of this match and the finish? Yeah, it's not a coincidence that he had a good match because he's Daniel Garcia. He just has horrible fashion sense. Um, <laughs> I I don't I don't uh, I didn't care about it. Um. Yeah, I didn't care about it. Like, it was cool. It was great. But, like, I don't know. I, I guess Brian Daniel Danielson wanted to do something. Like, I don't understand why this happened. I guess they're just going to explain why he's going to be off TV just a little bit longer or something. Why is he? Why did he get injured in the match? We'll see where it goes, but it didn't leave me wanting more, basically. Okay. Okay. Um, that's uh, I can understand that. Um, what did you think overall of the show, AEW in general, as of right now? How are they looking? What did you think? Um, not a bad, not a bad uh show. Um, not the best one they've had recently, but definitely not bad. Um, good takeaways is just that. You know, we'll have a Moxley-Jericho match that I hope they can build up even more from this week because they built it up good enough. Like, if you just told me we're going to get a a um, Moxley-Jericho match and there was none of the promos happened, I'd have been like, oh, that's stupid. But with the promos, it helped me want it. Um, We'll see where the Jungle Boy things go, even though right now it's just, like, in a weird spot. Um, So we'll see how that story develops. Um, Other than that, decent episode. Yeah, it was it was an interesting week. It, it didn't have all the best stuff, but um, I definitely had a lot to say about it. So I'll say that it's yeah. interesting. And uh, before we get to our last segment of the show, I just want to uh, ask how, your thoughts on um, the Ring of Honor pay per view, the Cesaro match, and the FTR match. What did you think of all that? Oh, and the FTR match. Uh, I feel like we need to watch it again and then talk about it. Um, it, it was a great match. Loved it. Uh, the Cesaro match, uh, it's pretty good for what it was. Um, 
it sucks that that um I feel that Jonathan Gresham was done dirty with it. Like, why not why not, you know, build a little bit more? Build the yeah. story a little more with him. Like have him cheat to win this match and, and go on to to at least at least up until um all out to lose the title to Cesaro. Like, give it a little bit more story. Don't just like feed him to Cesaro and let him lose. Like it made it seem like he wasn't even like worthy enough to have the Ring of Honor title, which at one point or another, he was the hottest thing in Ring of Honor. Like Yeah. And I'll be all. So I get why, you know, the story's coming out that he was upset, cussed out Tony. I get that it is unprofessional, but you can understand where he's coming from. Him saying um the racial things you can kind of agree with that a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah, man, um, it sucks. I felt like that could have gone so much more and, um, could have had a better match because it was still a pretty good match. Um, regardless of how, um, what happened transpired beforehand. So, yeah, not too bad. And then you missed out, brother. Yuta and, and Garcia match was actually pretty good. Especially with the pure championship rules that they have in there, I think they're really interesting. They're, everyone's only given three rope breaks. Um, any rope breaks after that, I think docks you a point. There's judges um, in case the the timer runs out on the matches. Um, or like, no, no, after three rope breaks, they don't. It doesn't work anymore, so you can't have any more rope breaks after three. Um, so they're inter- It's interesting, and they had a good match. Um, other than that, like the rest of the pay-per-view, I don't really think, oh, the Roosh match with his brother, um, was actually pretty good too. Um, just insane lucha wrestling. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I just watched for Claudio and FTR. I did watch the Samoa Joe match. That was pretty good. Um, Oh yeah, that was pretty good. I forgot about that for two seconds. But uh, like you were saying about Jonathan Gresham, um, yeah, I do feel bad for him. And um, I'm at least he went out there and did the job, though. Yep. Um, I could tell from the start he didn't come out there with his octopus uh, thing, and um, he didn't look uh, happy. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like a heelish kind of fucking face. It was more like uh, like this kind of bullshit. But he's still out there, you know. Here I am. Um, and apparently he Tony Khan hasn't been um a hundred percent um behind Gresham yeah. as a wrestler or whatever. But um if you didn't feel that if you didn't feel that way, like as far as that he could do something, why even sign him or re sign him or whatever happened there? Um because Jonathan Gresham is one of the best in the world, um, but the size thing is uh, another thing that um kinda diminishes his value, I think. Uh, but he didn't deserve to go out like this if this is the last thing we see from him in AEW. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, they could have built to it. Uh, and it sucks that it had to happen with a guy like Claudio, which we're behind and we love. Um, so, yeah, they could have built it. Uh, but it just felt like Tony Khan again uh, booking just a match, just to book it. And... Unfortunately, Gresham got the shit end of the stick here, but yeah, um, we'll see what happens with Gresham at some point. But any final thoughts before we, or I'll let you take it away as we go to our main event here of the of the show. 
Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get into this um, new segment that we have. Um, it's not, not unheard of for people to do this, but we're going to do a um, push, bury, fire. Um, and with this one, there is a minimum of at least three fires that need to be, ha- need to be had. So these three people out of the names that I'm going to give you that you're going to have to fire. All right, buddy? Okay. So I'm going to need you to think real, real long and hard about these ones, okay, man? Because remember, All you're right. going to have to fire three. And if you don't fire anybody for the seven people, I'm, you're just going to be firing three people in a row. I'm fucking ready, man. Um... All righty. You give me um, – I'll let you start. You're going um, to be taking care – I'm going to be – Push firing, burying people from WWE, and you are going to be push firing, um, burying people from AEW. So let's go. Who's 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 the first one I gotta that I gotta get the bad news to? Alrighty. So I'll be also keeping track of this on my notes of how we're what we're picking. But the first guy on my list is Chad Gable. Chad Gable. Oh, push. Fire or bury. Chad Gable. Chad Gable. Oh man. I love I love Chad Gable to be honest, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give him the fire. You're gonna fire him. I'm gonna fire Chad Gable as much as I don't want to because I wanna make sure that I have room for someone to push. I wanna keep some people so <laughs> I'm scared that there'll be worse people <laughs> later on um, <laughs> that I will want to fire, uh, that I won't want to fire. So I'm going to, he's going to have to be the sacrificial goat. I love you, Chad Gable. I don't want to do this. So that's um, one down there. Strategy, um, buddy, strategy. Uh, yeah, right. I'm going to be having to bury people. Um, all right, man. Your turn. And uh, I'm going to give you Mr. All Ego himself, Ethan Page. Okay, um, man, um, I think there could be something with Ethan Page, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say push. I'm gonna push Mr. Ethan Page. Yes, sir, and I'm writing that down. Push Ethan Page. Now, I'm gonna let you think about this. You can't push everybody, buddy. Not everyone can be on top. But anyways, this is a right. in progress. Your uh, your turn. So you're, what's my next guy? Who who am, I, who am I looking at now? So your next guy here, Barry Fire Push. We have the Miz. The Miz, dang! I'm gonna give him a push. You're That's gonna push Miz. Is. I'm gonna push Miz, man. Miz Miz deserves it, and uh, I think he's done great things to make. People that have no business being in the business look like they belong in the business. So I'll push them. Okay. All right. So you're going to push on Miz. All right. Yes. Now, who are you going to get next? All right. Um, all right, man. Your next guy is going to be uh, Captain Charisma, Mr. Christian. Push, fire, or bury? Um. Man, he's been doing some great work. Um, I'm going to have to push him. Okay, two people pushed already. That's right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I have more rules for this for the future ones, but we're going to keep keep this one going. 
Who's my next guy? Who am I looking at? Uh, all right, so you got Riddle. Riddle. Or Matt, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle? Uh, That's right. He needs to calm himself down a little bit, you know? You know, yeah, I love Riddle. He'll have he'll have a future in the future. But I'm going to have to bury Riddle. I'm going to have to bury, bury Riddle. I'm going to bury Riddle so that from the ashes, he'll come up like a phoenix. So I'm going to bury Riddle. All right, so you got Fire Push Barry. You got one of each so far. Uh, All right, so your next guy, I'm pecking for you, buddy, is Wardlow. Push Fire um, Barry. I mean, I mean, how could you not push him? I mean, I, I, I feel like I have to go with push here, and I might be questioning my earlier picks, but this one, the only one that makes sense is push. I'm sorry. All right, All right man. All right, I understand. I understand. You want, you want to keep pushing everybody. All right? Sound, <laughs> sound a little bit like Tony Khan. Can't push everybody. <laughs> All right, well, your next guy here, speaking of big guys, we got almost. Oh, fire him. Fuck that guy. All right. Almost the wrestler. Get that bitch out of here. Almost the wrestler. So we got you got two of your fired already. So you only have to fire one more person. So you're in a good spot here. Either push or bury. You have no fires at this point. And um, the next person I'm going to give you is the Redeemer himself, Mr. Miro. Oh my God. I'm going to have. I'm gonna have to push him, man. It's fucking Miro. I'm sorry. I should have. I'm going push. Go I'll push? figure something out. I'll figure something out. Yes, sir. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and push him. All right, your next person. Um, wait, wait. I already give you my. Who's my person? Who's next? So you have. Now you have to think about this. Okay. You have Nikki Ass. Nikki Ass. I don't care about her. I'll fire her. <laughs> all right. So you're going to use all your fires already. I use all my fires. And I need to push or, push, or, uh, push or bury. That's a little bit easier than firing. Nikki oh. Ash. You need to give me Nikki Ash. She hasn't done shit recently. <laughs> That's an easy one, buddy. Should have been fired a long time ago at this point. I do like her, but I don't like her that much. <laughs> all right, buddy. Your next guy that you have to look at, Mr. CM Punk. I'll give you him. Uh, CM Punk, I'm going to use one of my lifelines and say that he can There's stay no where he's at. You, talked about, buddy. you said two lifelines, so where they can, no, like, no. where they can. What? When I talked about it in the very beginning, before we started this whole thing, I said, there's not going to be any lifelines. You're just going to have to fire three people. No lifelines. Oh, God. Um, I would push CM Punk. Jesus Christ, Tony Khan. Calm down, Mr. Booker of the Year. He's uh, already been pushed, but, you know, got to push hope, more since I, I can't. You know keep... that you have only four left. That was five. Yeah, nope. That was one, two, three, four, five, five, one, two, three, four. Oh shit, you have five left. Never mind, you have five left. 
That means three of these five left are gonna have to get fired. I'll figure something out, but I ain't doing CM Punk like that. Um, <laughs> so now we got an interesting one here uh, as of late. Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai? Um, I give her push. You're going to push her? I'll push her. She's good. She's not bad. Alrighty. That's an interesting pick. Um, all right, who I got next? Who you got next? All right, buddy. Your next one that I'm going to give you. And I feel like this one will probably get the first fire. But I'm going to have to give you Mr. Adam Cole, baby. Um, Push fire, I would fire baby. him so he can go back to WWE. Fire him. All right, there you go. Your first fire. Mr. Adam Cole. I shouldn't have done CM Punk. I should have held him off so you didn't fire nobody. It would have been funny. Um, <laughs> all right. One, two, three, four. You have four people left. All righty. So we're moving on. We got Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio? That's right. Rey Mysterio. Uh, Rey Mysterio. I'll bury Mysterio. You're going to bury him. He's done enough. He's on his last leg. Let him go. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, release him. Like, not release him. He doesn't need to be fired. He can stay on there. We need to make money off his mask. <laughs> All the figures <laughs> he has and shit. Fuck yeah, dude. <clears throat> but who do I got next here? Who you got next? Alrighty. I'm going to give you... Adam Page. Um, Push fire, Barry. I would fire him because I feel like he'd be a better fit in WWE where he would actually know and learn um, how to do certain shit in a match. <laughs> um, so I would fire Adam Page. Alright, already. I feel like he has I know, potential. I feel like I know who you're going to get, who you're going to do on this one, do dirty on this one, but all good. Alrighty. Well, moving on. Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods. I give him a push. Okay. I mean, he's at some point. You gotta feel he's gonna get it, anyways. You're throwing some softballs at me, buddy. This isn't even difficult. I'm not even breaking a sweat. You're over here, like, oh my god, what should I do? I'm I'm I just started it off kind of bad. That's why I, I put myself in this situation. <laughs> um, I did not expect what would follow Ethan Page. Um, yeah, but who right, I got well, next? Remember, you have three people left. One of them has to be fired. Okay. Oh, uh, think about who could be next. But I'm gonna give you Kenny Omega. I would bury him. Bury him. Yeah, he needs he needs to be dropped, knocked down a peg. Yes, two. sir. I agree. All right. Who's next? Who's next for me? All righty. So we got Dolph Ziggler. Oh, I'd give him a push. You push him. It. I push Dolph Ziggler. He's a great worker. Okay. Okay. Only I won't one more person left. I don't know who the last person you got, but it's not going to be a difficult decision. I can tell you that much. <laughs> All, right. All right. Who do I got? 
Alrighty, this was not the best. I'm gonna give you your last two. You're gonna either because you have to fire somebody. So right. I feel like it's an easy choice, though. And I like I can in what you would think about. I know who you're gonna go with, which kind of sucks. It, it took away from what I wanted. You got John Moxley and Brian Danielson. John Moxley gets fired. Yeah, I have that. Without question, with all due respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I wish I could have left off, left you with like Kenny Omega, CM Punk, and Brian Danielson. Oh God! Fire one of them, and I'm guessing you're gonna push Daniel Bryan because that's what you do. You like that's push right. Yeah. I will push him. Um, so your last one here, before we recap, is Elias. Elias or Zeke? Nah, fuck them. They're okay, but they're not that great. You know, he he don't need to be around. So did you say they are? They are bury him. Him and uh, Ezekiel. Um, alrighty. So just to recap, what you did on your side, um, you fired Gable, almost mm. a wrestler, and Nikki Ass, and you pushed Miz, Riddle, Dakota Kai, Xavier Woods. And you buried Elias, Rey Mysterio, and Riddle. You said Riddle twice, but yes, sir, I did. I did bury all those people that you just named. Oh, and um, you pushed uh, Ziggler. Okay, that's a great decision right there. And what you did is that you pushed everybody: <laughs> Miro, CM Punk, Ethan Page, Adam, pa- um, Christian, and Wardlow. Ethan Page not deserve a push. Um, you fired Adam Page, Adam Cole, and Moxley, and you only buried Ken Omega. So, yeah. next time we do this, I'm going to make some limits on who we can push, who we can bury, and how many people we have to fire, because then I'll make it more interesting. We can just, yeah, yeah, we can just push everybody. Yeah, you can, obviously, Mr. Tony Khan, you did. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's disrespectful. Tony Khan is uh, something else, man. Um, he just loves to push people. <laughs> you do too, buddy. No, no, no. <laughs> you only buried Kenny Omega. <laughs> the worst person to bury, actually. Like, no, you, not really. He's, I think um, Adam Page should have been buried. Fuck that guy. What is he doing? No, because like, he has potential, but it's just not going to really happen to the full extent in AEW, I feel. At least that's what it feels like right now. But that we will revisit that, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, but yeah, man, that was a great segment. Um, we can definitely run run this back for sure. some other twists and turns and different names. But um, any last thoughts before we close off this show? No, that's that's it, man. It was a it was a fun little weekend. We still have the last match of Ric Flair coming up today. Later today. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, definitely going to watch that. Um, whether it be live or, or not, is that'll be um, that's TBD. Um, but yeah, man, we're good. Damn, um, Bill Russell just died right now. What? Bill Russell from the Celtics. Bill Russ- oh, shit. Was that what that was? What that was? I didn't. Damn. Yeah. I mean, he was 88 years old, man. Yeah. He lived a life. Rest in peace. But um, but yeah, man, uh, that's gonna do it 
uh, we'll see what we come back with next week. And that was our review of SummerSlam, some AW, and um, our newest segment. So, yeah, we will catch you on the flip side. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.